Christ, you people suck. <laughs> wow. Wolverine on a For another week of Aiden 4G Radio, episode 449, October 24th, 2016. And before we start, I want to send out a special PSA. Happy birthday, Drew. Well, thank you. Oh, happy oh, birthday, Drew. He's older, so everybody on Twitter, go go annoy him. Yes. Yeah. Send him some ads. That's that's one more year he hasn't finished Xenogears, guys. We gotta we gotta correct this. <laughs> We have I've, to correct I've, it. I've beaten Xenogears before. Not nah, from Phoenix Down? Nope. nope. Not on Phoenix Down, down no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I have beat that game before. Doesn't count. Yeah. Doesn't count. Doesn't matter. Uh, with us right now, we have Drew. Hey. And we have Jay. Bonjour, now. And joining us in just a few short moments will be the Wombat and the Gambus Khan. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> That's still pretty good. <laughs> Every time I'm gonna laugh about that because it's funny. What's, What's up? up? <laughs> What's up? What's up? Oh, and it is video game Armageddon. Video oh, games, yeah. 2016, lots of games. Uh, what's kind of funny though is as great as 2016 has been, with all the announcements this week, 2017 is looking pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Oh man. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about 2016 right now. We'll talk about 2017 later. Drew? Yes. Video games? Video games. Did you play any of them? I did. All right. Let's start off with... That's my favorite game. Overwatch. That, that is hey, of, I played a little bit of that. That's kind of my favorite game. All right. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> uh, but that that'll be all I talk about of Overwatch. I played some Overwatch. Oh, you're not going to go into detail? Okay, cool. No, no. I'm sure people are sick and tired. Sick and tired of hearing us talk about that. What, like, what was the the games we drove into the ground? Too human? Back uh, in the day? Too human. <laughs> For some <laughs> reason. Two worlds. Oh, God damn. This is all Wombat stuff. This is not our fault. I know. It was stuff we... like. I think Fallout. We talked a lot about Fallout. Viking. Viking which, Battle for which, Asgard. Which Fallout game? Fallout 3. Yeah, Fallout you guys 3. talked a lot about Fallout 3. Yeah, this not, that yeah. wasn't for me, but yeah, you guys talked a lot about that game. Yeah, we talked a lot about that. Probably uh, Skyrim, too. Yeah, Skyrim was another big one. Pretty, pretty big games. I think this year we talked most about Overwatch and Street Fighter Five. Those yeah. are the two games that just kept coming up over and over again. Diablo. For, for, completely, Diablo. for completely different reasons, Street Fighter and Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the opposite spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because we haven't talked about Street Fighter and who? Who is really talking about Street Fighter? Like, there now? wasn't even like a blip on the radar when Urian released. Yeah. Like, nobody cared. That game, man. That makes me so sad. 
It does. Dude, how the mighty have fallen. <sighs> anyway. Street Fighter 4 was one of the best fighting games that's ever been made. It still is. It still is. Oh. And, man, they follow up with that. that. Well, I mean, when they announced it, it was we saw the signs. Like, console exclusive, that sucks. You know, launching without all the characters, announcing their season pass before it happens, that's not a good sign. Well, the signs actually started with Street Fighter Cross Tekken. If you remember correctly, somebody went through and found all the characters. Oh yeah, they were on the disc. It was just like they were on the freaking key. disc. Yeah, yeah, that's horrible. It is. But uh, yeah, so um, in lieu of playing Overwatch, I decided, uh, you know what, I want to do an MMO. Uh. So I have sacrificed some of my Overwatch time to Guild Wars Two. I. Created a new character. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> hey, Drew, stop fooling around, man. I, I've heard that before. Come on, man. Welcome, Jason. Gambit Khan. Greetings, programs. What's up? What's up? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I started a new character in Guild Wars 2. Um, I'm currently about level 21, I think. And I'm just casually playing through it. Um... Interesting thing that happened, um, that has actually happened this morning while I was playing. I forgot that it's Halloween. Yeah. And so as I'm going down the road, randomly a door just pops up out of nowhere in the middle of the road. And I click on it and it takes me to the realm of the Mad King. This is level 80 place. And I got murdered. And I said, well, I guess I don't need to be doing this right now. <laughs> another body murdered. It's another another murder-death kill. <laughs> murder-death kill. I like that game, I, MDK. That's a good game. <laughs> I was actually thinking Demolition Man, but... Oh, oh, sorry. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Shiny, MDK. Remember that game? MDK 2? Was that... What was... Does MDK stand for murder-death kill? I don't know if it does, but... That's, that's what I always think of when I think of MDK. Hmm. But yeah, um, but yeah, I'm playing through that. Uh, I actually have the ability because I've played this game a lot. I just never completed it or never, you know, got to max level. Because I've played so much of it, I've stacked a lot of special stuff like boosters and stuff like that that you get as rewards. And I have like ten totems of knowledge, which automatically grant you a level. So I could go up ten levels right now if I wanted to. But I'm not, so just playing through it. Um, played the bug, bug butcher, bug butcher. You can only um, shoot up. You can only shoot up. Uh, it's kind of like um, it's a lot like a mobile game. I mean, it's it's basically taking wave of wave of different types of bugs. They all usually bounce around, and you have to shoot them like by aiming up. Like you don't, you can't aim anywhere else except up, and you're just shooting to destroy all the bugs. See how far you can get, kind of thing. It's really simplistic. There's power ups, stuff like that. Um, which funny enough, there's another game that I'm playing for review, which I can't talk about till November, which is a lot like that game. That's that <laughs> that pop plus or whatever. Pirate puzzle pop poutine. Mm-hmm. But uh, played that. Um. Playing Darkest Dungeon 
for review. Oh yeah, oh. I forgot yeah. that you took that game. <clears throat> yeah. Um, that game's cool, but I feel like that game is far too random for its own good. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. The percentages, man, you just missing in one attack can literally mean you're complete another defeat. Yeah, and that's like a percentage based thing, and it's it's terrifying. I can't handle it. It's um, but it, I mean, it, it's it's deep as hell. The amount of stuff. So it's all about taking characters. So you'll hire characters to go into a dungeon, and a lot like I don't know, maybe like Fire Emblem or something like that. You kind of get attached to these characters, and when they die, they're dead forever, kind of thing. Don't they get like stressed out or something like mm-hmm. that? So it's all about like the stress levels. Um, the darker it is, so you bring torches with you, and you could use a torch to illuminate the the world. The longer they stay in the darkness, the more stressed out they get. Darkness. And to the point where they will become insane. They will go insane. Certain There's all these different types of sanity effects, kind of like... There's one. Uh, there's one guy was a uh, he. He all he wanted to do was kill himself. He wanted to get himself killed, so he would constantly go to the front line, even though he was like a sniper kind of character, and get, try to get murdered. Um, but there's also like boons that you can get too. So you know if if you're able to withstand the madness, you can actually become even stronger. Um, you have to have four characters to go into the dungeon. And the problem is, like, I, I had to restart the freaking game because I couldn't hire any more characters. And two of my characters refused to go into a party with one of my guys. Uh, was he one of those, like, uh, the disfigure people? Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that'll happen. Those guys are pretty strong, too, which sucks. So what what do you do? Is it like a turn-based RPG or what? Yeah. Okay. So what you're doing is is you, you go into town. So the whole story is is like you're like the heir to this mansion. And this mansion has a dungeon in the bottom of it that supposedly leads to another dimension. Or it leads somewhere that may be filled with treasure but a lot of peril too. Treasure? So um, – you go to the dungeon and you hire mercenaries to help you do this stuff. Um, and you send these parties out to do it. Uh, and it's kind of like, it's a lot like an Etrian Odyssey game um, mm. where you're exploring a map. You choose which way you want to go. But at the same time, it's kind of like a side scroller. So you're seeing your characters move from left to right. Um, and each room kind of has... It may have something there. It may be an encounter. It may be uh, something you can search through to find loot. Um, and it's it, sometimes you can get surprised. So it's all depending on all these different percentages. Like Jay said, if the, if it's dim light, if it's not illuminated really well, you may get surprised by an enemy. If you have the, the room lit up really well, you may be able to surprise the bad guys. Um, there's different types of enemies, enemies that will stress out your characters even more. Um, and it's all about like each individual character has its own statistics. So you, I have like a knight who's actually, he, he's a claustrophobe. So he hates being in like secluded areas and stuff like that. And there's a character who's, uh, you know, they're, they don't like 
certain types of enemies. I don't like undead stuff. They creep me out. Or And every time you run into something like that, it adds to your stress levels for your characters. To the point where if they get so overly stressed, they will actually die of a heart attack. Yeah, yeah that's a thing that can happen. That sounds fun. Yeah. And uh, um, the thing about that game is that healing and relieving yourself of the stress is very difficult to do. Especially, like, the healing factor. Like... Your heal, like a good heal, like a good AOE heal, heals your party for one to like four damage. And enemies, like single target hits, can hit you for like seven or eight. So you're healing for like small bits of amount. So trying to stay healthy is difficult. And keeping your inventory, uh, like stock full of things that you need is very difficult as well because obviously money is kind of limited and buying rations and stuff like that doesn't really heal you for much. It heals you for like one or two. And you actually still need the rations when you're in the campfire. So everything that you do, all the damage that you take is very high, but the amount that you heal is very low by design. So each dungeon that you get through, if you come out of there without like a casualty or two, or without some people going insane, it's like a huge success. Yeah. Like you got you to gotta go in expecting some bad things to happen because it will. And um, I'm playing the PS4 version. Uh, this game was originally made for PC, and you can kind of tell um, they do their best with mapping everything to a controller, but sometimes it is confusing. I'm trying to figure out like just how to move my character or something like that to like change the front line, and sometimes it's very difficult to do. It's just navigating menus and stuff like that is kind of hard with a controller. But um, this game it's an interesting game. This game doesn't sound very fun at all. Mm. It's the thing about the idea of fun is like you're not gonna be like skipping along and being really jolly about being inside a dungeon. You're gonna be really stressed. You're gonna be thinking about like, man, should I open this door? Should I try to go for this uh, treasure? So it's gonna it's a very tense, oppressive atmosphere that you get. And coming out of that dungeon with some loot, finishing your mission feels great because you just overcame a huge challenge. So it's kind of has that like Dark Souls feel to it, you know, I, I mean everyone compared things to Dark Souls, but we're just talking about from a challenge uh, challenge standpoint. If you like being challenged, it's it's a great game, but my problem, I I figure Drew feels the same way is that it's too reliant on random chance. Yeah. Like yeah, being like Either you get ambushed by some people and then you lose like one of your guys to madness or something like that. It can just happen to you. It's not your fault. It's something that happens because you got unlucky. You miss an attack that's about to kill an enemy. You miss that attack and the enemy attacks and does huge crit damage on one of your guys. That person goes mad or that person dies or something like that. That wasn't your really your fault. You you did the best that you could, but the game just just decided that no, you're you're just gonna miss that attack. Yeah. And I hate that about games, man. I hate I hate percentage chances so much. The odds are kind of stacked against you in this game. Yeah. Um, See, that's what it, I mean by it doesn't sound fun. Like, well, yeah. Beat me because my challenge is not you know because I suck at it. That's fine. But yeah. randomly kill me, you fuck you. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Is like uh, there was a the part where I could search through. Um, something to get loot. When I searched through it, I found nothing, but there was something bad that was in there, and it made one of my characters go insane. <laughs> kind of like those uh, treasure chests in Dark Souls that sprout legs and kill you. <laughs> yeah, the mimics. Yeah. The thing about the mimics, though, and the way Dark Souls is designed, like if you're if you're observant, you can actually see that as a mimic. 
There's yeah. a little chain that comes out on the side of a of a of a treasure chest that is a mimic. That's a telltale sign that it is what it is. And you can also obviously you can attack it once to see if it's a mimic. That's something that you should learn like immediately because that's what I did. Like I'm not sure if you guys it's the same. And when I got killed by my first mimic, I attacked every single treasure chest from that point till the end of the game once to make sure that it wasn't a mimic. And I never I never got killed by a mimic again. So like it's the game kind of teaches you, but in that game, there's no teaching moment. It just it just shit's gonna happen to you whether you like it or not. Yeah, I mean that's I mean when you got half of your trophy list surrounded by have a character die from this, have a character die from madness, how have a character die from a heart attack. I mean, you know, most of your trophies revolve around you losing people, and I'm just like, I mean, it's okay. I mean, like, I'm not, I don't want to discredit the game. I just don't know if I want to play a lot of it because, man, I just feel like I'm, you know, pounding my head against the wall. Yeah, it's it's, it's rough. I I love the visual art style. I think um, the, the the was it the uh, the 2D sprites and stuff like that looks really good. Yeah, and also the I uh, I adore the narration. By the <clears> way, <throat> that that guy who does the narration and the lines that he says during combat when you're in the rush of victory or you're in the brink of defeat things that he says like really motivate you and fit right but that the whole rng aspect of it it's just too strong for my taste i know some people enjoy that stuff but not not me yeah i played that and uh the big game that i want to talk about um is a game i've been playing for a little while uh wrote my review uh it should go live tomorrow or well today when you're listening to this is uh the world of final fantasy um, all World right, of Final all right, Fantasy. Yeah. World of Final Fantasy is basically Final Fantasy Pokemon. Huh. I'm down. Um, you're gonna go around this world of Final Fantasy. <laughs> so it's not just a clever name. Yeah. Um, so you're gonna you're gonna visit places that may be familiar to you, uh, and it, you play as these two the twins, uh, Lon and Rain, and uh, they are mirage keepers, and mirage keepers are able to capture these mirages and use them for themselves, um, much like Pokemon. And uh, the difference is that the characters themselves fight in combat along with the mirages. Oh, they stand on your head. Yeah, they stand on your head, or you can ride them. They look—they're like fucking hats, pokey yeah. hats. So they ride you, or you ride them. Correct. Either way, somebody's getting ridden. Is yeah. what you're telling me. I've seen somebody okay. got rode. I've seen some porno movies. Tell, tell, like this. tell me about how you rode the lightning. Oh sure. snap! How was it? Well, you don't ride lightning in this. <laughs> yeah, you can't capture people. I mean, uh-uh. well, why do you even play the game then? Jeez, just, I don't know. Just throw it away. It's useless. Jeez. So the Final Fantasy characters. I mean, you're going to run into a bunch of them, just like talking to them and stuff like that. They they never really become party members, uh, but there are certain ones, mainly the main heroes of previous Final Fantasy games, will become summons that you can use. <laughs> Um, and that's where the, all that kind of comes into play. Uh, you can use them for kind of like clutch defense moves or, you know, doing a heart attack or stuff, stuff like that. But one of the biggest things about this is when you capture these mirages, um, you stack them and that's basically what your party, you, you, the party only consists of two people. 
Uh, so it's Ron, Ron, Lon and Reen. <laughs> Ron. Ron and Lean. Um, and what you do is, is when you capture these mirages, you put them into a stack. So you can have them stack on top of each other. And it's all depending on the size of the mirages. So you got some that are medium size, some that are large, extra large, small. Um, and, you know, you can only put, you know, a large, medium, and small on top of each other. Is there no supersize? Uh, supersize? They have extra large characters. Okay, but there's no supersize. Like, is that trademark? No. And so you just basically what you're doing is you're you're taking the stats of a individual character and combining them together to make a big one big party member. Okay, so um, I, I have a question. I played the demo. Uh and right. you've obviously played it more. What's the difference between your attacks when they're stacked on your head and when you break them down to in I understand that they get to attack when you uh-huh. unstack them, but what is the benefit to you when you stack them on your head? When you stack them you, you become stronger. Okay. See, if you have, if you had, you can have six party members at at a time, but they're all individually weak. Okay. Um, but if you stack them together, you make two big party members with a lot of hit points. Do they also get like elemental effects, like the like the, yes. the mirages do? So the mirages, uh, they you know water, thunder, you know uh, rock, <laughs> all that, all the different types, heart, heart, <laughs> go planet. Yeah, um, Leonardo so, DiCaprio. Sorry. <laughs> so all <laughs> the different, all the different kinds of uh, elements when you combine them together, and that's where the, the kind of the complexity comes in to play. Is you know if you have two water type mirages, it, they combine together. They can they learn new abilities. You, you'd like that stack can now use like different types of water abilities. Um, you can combine different types of elements to make different types of abilities. So when you stack stuff together, not only do you get new abilities, you get better stats, you get more hit points. There's a lot of benefits to stacking. And then there's also attacks. So you'll run into enemies that are stacked as well. And you you have attacks that can actually knock stacks down. <laughs> and that way you can pick them off individually much easier. Because, see, when you get knocked down, like if you you're stacked up again, you get back up again. you got to get back up again. God damn God. lame. <laughs> oh my god I'm sorry I'm sorry the only reason I showed up today is to interrupt all of Drew's father uh, that, that's all it ever is whenever a high profile game comes out and I have to talk about it on the show somebody is going to make jokes the entire time <laughs> it always happens I love you Drew I know and guess what Pissing the night away. Pissing the night away. I I really hate that fucking song. I cannot (laughs) wait to talk about the Switch with Jason. He seems in a specially mood today. Oh, yeah, that's a little bit fun. All right, I have more questions about World of Final Fantasy, Drew. Okay, go ahead. I want to talk about this. So, what about the menus? Like, I used the standard menu, but I saw there was a classic menu. The classic menu is basically – in fact, I use the classic menu the entire time. It looks like Final uh, Fantasy VII. Exactly. Um, it's, the classic menu is where you can use all of your abilities. You can use uh, items, all that stuff. I mean you can register that stuff from the classic menu in the quick menu. Uh, but the quick menu I've never really used unless I was just wanting to rush through a battle and just attack constantly. 
It seems um, confusing because like there's four directions you can press, and like I I could never understand why some stuff was highlighted sometimes but not other times, and it it seemed like an overload of information in a quick battle. Well, I mean it's if you all right so. It's there. The quick menu, the first menu that you can use, is there for if you want to customize. All right, here's where I'll put my abilities on this button. I'll put my attack on this button, stuff like that. But if you want to more pinpoint everything and, and delegate everything like the way you want to, use the classic menu. Okay. Um. So that's that's what I did the entire time. I'd always just go to the classic menu and just pick my stuff there because that's where I had all my abilities. That makes so sense. You can, yeah. So, I mean, you, you know, if I wanted to use a rock ability against something, then I would just go to the classic menu. Um, the, it's, it, like, I, the thing that got me was I, I, knew, I knew about this game, but I didn't really pay attention to it. There's a lot of production value in this game. Yeah. The, the, the entire thing is voice acted. Um, is, it, is, it the, is it Lightning's voice? Cause it's, oh, you probably haven't talked to her yet, have you? It's it's lightning. Okay, because it sounded just like her from. Yeah, they they games. brought back a lot of the classic Final Fantasy. I think like the guy who's always voiced Cloud is the same guy. Okay, I didn't see um, him in the demo. I just saw lightning. Does it have a uh, Japanese uh, Japanese voice acting too? Or <laughs> this is kind of funny. Yeah, can you can explain this? It's so but, there's a day one edition, a limited edition is what they're calling. It. It's the same price. It's fifty nine ninety nine. And the Japanese voiceover is a downloadable content. For free? If you buy that day one edition. I don't know if they're going to uh, sell it afterwards. I do not know. I can't answer that. Uh, but since the game is not out, we can't say whether or not it will or will not have it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, You know what else is in the day one edition? What? Sephiroth! Yeah. You can't get Sephiroth without the day one. I, I like I said, I don't know if you can or can't. I just know that he is touted. Uh, a summon of Sephiroth is touted as one of the day one DLCs. Which means you probably don't. You probably have to pay like two bucks for him or something. Square Enix. <laughs> <laughs> because who doesn't want to hear one winged angel when you summon <gasps> Sephiroth? Oh, I want to see that summon. I want to see it. Like that's why I bought the day one edition. I want to see that. I want to see that summon. I'm 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 renting this game, so fuck me, I guess. Yeah, I you don't guess. get. That's what you get for renting. You you renting. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I want to buy the game, so I'm renting it. So that makes me a terrible person. It does make you. According to the internet, you're a terrible person. Okay, I just want to throw it out there. Fucking square I still really like yeah. this game. I, I, yes, they have shitty business tactics, but goddamn, I like this game. All right. But um. So so I want to hear you pronounce it, Drew. You okay. can switch on the fly by tapping the L1 button between Chibi. Mm-hmm. And what's the other style? Lilikin. Lilikin. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's another part that you your two main characters can switch between being a regular character, which are known as giants, and the Lilikin form, which are the Chibi little characters. They I don't like that look at all. Um. It works because you can change up your stacking. So when you're a Lilikin, you're a small character, and that means you can ride larger characters. <laughs> and you can... I'm sorry. 
I just want to see that. Oh, I pictured in my head like your character like riding in on like a Chocobo or <laughs> in the de- in the demo. There's like these. Oh God, like the dog things. What are those called? How did how did you pronounce Ch- Chocobo there? He calls them Chocobos. Chocobo. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't think I've never Chicka heard anyone boosh. pronounce it that way before. I've okay. I've heard several I, people pronounce it that way. I used right. to. Okay, Chicobo. It's, it's tomato, tomato, baby. It's, fine. Well, it's like uh, every it's like, every time you say every time you say you can ride it or you can ride on somebody, <laughs> I hear "Ride it, my pony" by huh. genuine every time. I must be getting old. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. You don't, don't remember that, that Genuine song? I didn't. I know. It's, it's from not... like the mid to late 90s. I didn't mm-hmm. listen to Genuine. My saddle's waiting. Oh, I, I think I heard that song in commercial. Yeah, I've heard that. I, I, know that I mean, if, if you ever went to a skating rink in the mid to late exactly. 90s, I guarantee you heard it. No, I didn't do that. I can't skate. But, um, yeah, uh, I absolutely adore this game. I did. I your, your recommendation caused me to purchase it, that and play yeah. the demo. So that I mean, it's it's simplistic in nature. Uh, it can get complex whenever you start stacking your characters, looking at the stats and all that stuff, looking at weaknesses and strengths. Um, but I'll be honest with you, and this may pique uh, Ryan's interest. It really reminds me of Mystic Quest. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, nice! It is a very simplistic Final Fantasy game. Man, uh, you only have two party members pretty much the entire time, and you know. There's some drawbacks to it. Uh, I think you know it's it's cute. It's a cutesy game. It's it's kind of for kids. Um, it, in fact, That's I right would up my alley. I would say this is a lot like my first RPG kind of game. That's definitely right up my alley. Because um, I'm horrible at the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's you know it does have its its complex stuff. One of the issues is is like you know in Pokemon. Once you get to later areas, you start running into higher level Pokemon. Well, in this game, you still run into higher level Mirages, but when you capture them, they always start at level one. That's annoying because, well, I've got you know level twenty something Mirages, and I just received a level one Mirage. I feel like the next probably five or six fights. Are going to be basically grinding to get that character up to at least close to. But don't the they? Level. How, how long does it take to level up? Uh, like, well, see, that's the thing. Is like, even though I get a level one mirage, I'm in an area that gives me a lot of experience points. So it'll take them like the first, the next battle with them in my party, they'll level up like five, six times, and they share. Okay, so it's kind of exponential. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes it it makes up for it, but it still it feels like man, I'm, this this feels like a useless creature that I'm I'm carrying around with me. The great thing is is that you only have you can, like you only stack two things at a time per character on top right? on top on, yeah per character, but you can have more in your reserves and they gain experience points as well, even though they're not being used in battle. Can you um, get dupes? I know you can name them, so like oh, yes. man, I'm gonna have some fun with that. You can get duplicates. The problem is, is that so? Not unlike Pokeballs, where you buy Pokeballs at a at a, a, a store and you use them. This one, you have to have a specific type of. I can't remember what they're called, but imagine there's a Pokeball for every Pokemon out there, and you can only use that one Pokeball for that one particular Pokemon. That's how this game works. So when you first discover a Mirage, 
you receive one. So anytime you run into a new mirage, you can capture that one. And you can use it as many times as you want. So that's the thing. It's a lot like Pokemon in that sense, too. You can't just capture it right away. You have to weaken it, and you also have to trigger it to be able to be captured. And so you use the Libra skill. I was going to say, doesn't the dude have a skill that tells you how to do it or something? That tells you how to capture it, what you need to do. It may be hit it with a physical attack or get it below a certain amount of hit points or use a weakness against it or use water or, you know, fire against it and that will make it vulnerable to be captured. Um, and leveling up your mirages um, gives them um, skill points that you can then use on like kind of like a um, like a sphere grid from Final Fantasy 10 or maybe like the what is it called the crystallarium from uh, Final Fantasy 13. So it's kind of like a grid where you you put points like this node costs 3 skill points. And so you you get that node it may give them Better strength, better defense, learn a new ability. Or you can uh, unlock more of those capture balls for that certain character. So uh, you can get duplicates that way. Um, There's a ton of other things that you can do. There's a Coliseum where you can just constantly take fight after fight, earn some uh, items and stuff like that there. Um, You can actually evolve your your mirages it's not really called evolving um but uh do they change you know, do they change how they look yeah so like i've you, so i fought ifrit early on in the game you're going to fight the three main summon guys bahamut? and you get to choose you get to choose no not bahamut you get to choose between them who you want to fight so shiva ifrit and uh the the old guy can't remember what the guy's name is. i think it's thunder guy Thunder. Thunder guy. Thunder. Um, and I chose Ifrit, and uh, I then ran into a little baby Ifrit, and you can eventually evolve him into real Ifrit. This game sounds so, cool. It's it's actually a really really cool game. Um, the, it, it's legitimately funny sometimes. Sometimes it's it, you can tell it's it's made for kids. I mean, because it's 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 a little. It's a little hokey sometimes, but then sometimes it's legitimately funny. Like the two twins are constantly talking to each other, and like while they're just running around the field, and they're kind of you know dumb characters, and or the the, <laughs> the guy is the guy's dumb, the girl's the voice of reason kind of thing, and um, it's got a lot of production value to it. I I really really like this game, and I think anybody out there who is into RPGs uh, and people who really like Final Fantasy who are really going to enjoy these characters that they have. You know, you run into a whole bunch of characters from the games. One of the cool things is the music is fantastic. Anytime you summon a character, it plays the battle theme from that game that they were from. Um, so it's it's really, really great. They, they've they done a lot of work to this game, and I really like it. I'm down. Got my pre-order. Yeah. Picking it up Tuesday. There so you what go. you're it's, saying is people should cancel their Final Fantasy 15 pre-order and just buy World of Final Fantasy. Exactly. All right. Actually, cool. from what I from what I hear, the first fifteen hours Final Fantasy fifteen have been really positive. That's could, good. Could Square have two really good Final Fantasy games in the same year? Oh, oh that'd be crazy. No, I can't believe they're actually releasing that many. I know, and, and <laughs> yeah. within a month of each other, how crazy yeah. is that? I mean, but yeah, no. Even... Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say that it could be the the best Final Fantasy activity in the past decade. <clears throat> 
Yeah. I'm down. It, it's, it's like, it, I, I know it's a football reference, but like the NFL is better when the Raiders are good. Video games are better when Final Fantasy is good. <laughs> Heck yeah. I like the classics, man. It's good stuff. I want yeah. them to be good. Yep. All right, anything but else highly, before we yeah. move on? No. Nah, uh, no, not no, uh, Eternal Darkness, but, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's Phoenix Down. There's a whole but other not, show for that. Yeah, I know. But no, like if you take anything away from this, I say really at least try the demo. There's a demo for World of Final Fantasy yep. on PS4. Give it a shot. You may actually enjoy it. And if you do, I really suggest picking it up. I enjoyed the crap out of that. Yeah, free demos, man. Remember those? Kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and from what I hear, that demo has a bunch of crap you don't get till later on in the game. Yeah, it does. It's a special demo. It's not like the first you know half hour of the game or whatever. It's it's a Tailored demo. Do yeah. you uh, get the chance for over anything from the demo, like something neat? I don't know about that. I know Dragon Quest did, didn't it? I think Dragon Quest transfers your progress into the final game, but I don't know that this one does. I won't know until Tuesday. Hmm. Okay. So. All right. So, well, we got Gambus and and Ryan joined us during that long conversation about final, World of Final Fantasy. I, I did. I did. Hi. How you doing? I'm I'm good. How how are how, how are you? I'm 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 okay. Good. All right. Canvas. Um. Let's see here. Um. I didn't I say do really... you want to play games. I mean, no. I'm <laughs> uh, thing is, the only game I played, I briefly played Dragon Quest this week because I was I was on vacation. I saw that. You went to the Superman Museum, didn't you? Yep. I went to the Superman Museum. Uh, I, I know you're a fan of Superman, Ken. Uh, yes. Is anybody else here a fan of Superman? No, not really. Everybody hates Superman. You know that. Super, Superman's alright. I, 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 mi- I don't mind him. I do think he's a broken character. Mm. Well, uh, we, uh, we went to Metropolis, Illinois, and it's the home of the Superman Museum, and there's a, there's a uh, 15... 15 foot tall Superman statue in the middle of the, basically the town square. And, um, it was pretty awesome. I mean, the whole town, it was, it was a small town. It's a small, like country town where it's like, is it a smallville? It, it is a smallville. It, 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 kind of, it, it kind of <laughs> reminds me of smallville. Yeah. Um, it, tons of antique shops and everything is like, Superman reference, like, all over the place. Come see our super sales at Joe's Antique Shop or something. So it's like, and, and you see, like, the S-Shield all over the place. And there's, like, like the grocery store, even they're, like, I think it's called Big John or something, the, the uh, grocery store. And it was, like, trying to, like, rip off Superman. But... Not 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 close enough to where they would get sued, but just enough to where you're like, oh yeah, they're trying to be like Superman, haha, <laughs> that's funny. But um, yeah, um, the the it was a really cool experience. The uh, the Superman Museum was uh, fantastic. It was it's basically this guy's Superman collection of stuff that he's been collecting for like I don't know, like three or four decades, and um. He actually has quite a bit of amount of um, props from from movies and the shows. Um, he had the uh, the original 
but one of the original um, Superman suits from the, uh, the George Reeves TV show, the black and white. Um, he had that suit. He had the uh, the Clark Kent's um, suit with hat and glasses, some uh, prop typewriters and cameras that they used in the show, um, all kinds of little, little knickknacks, um, jewelry and things like that. And then you go into the... Uh, uh, the Christopher Reeve era, and they actually had the uh, the Superman suit from I think Superman Two, and he even had an one of the astronaut suits from Superman Two as well. Uh, one of the astronauts that got attacked by, by the Kryptonian villains, and um, I was like, I wonder if this was the astronaut that the dude was kicked in the balls by the uh, by the chick. Um, but it didn't really say which one. But it was was there, it was was there any ball damage on the astronaut suit? <laughs> no, it was, it was just quite large and puffy. His balls? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the balls too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got 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 to see the the uh, Christopher Reeve Superman suit, and also they also had the the Superman suit from uh, the Superboy TV show from the from the early 90s. And um, that one seemed to be in the best condition because, uh, like, the Superman suit and the, uh, the George Reeves and Christopher, Reeve, Christopher Reeves suits seemed to, you know, they had, like, like some discolored, uh, well, where the colors would fade on it and a little bit of, uh, little bit of rips here and there in some of the seams, but, but the Superboy suits from the, uh, TV show were still in really good condition. They, uh, they almost looked new. Uh, they, they also had the, uh, the Supergirl um, suit from the Supergirl movie along with the, um, at the, at the end of Supergirl, she was attacked by this demon and they actually had the, uh, the prop of the, uh, demonic hand, that was like reaching out for her, and um, this guy's got a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> get, get this. This this part freaked me out a little bit. They he had the uh, the white wig that Marlon Brando wore as his part of Jarrell. I was like, well, <laughs> there's Jarrell's hair right there. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, they had. A ton of Superman stuff. Uh, just almost every single Superman thing you could think of. He had uh, like Japanese movie posters, um, superpower toys, um, statues, figurines, um, just about every everything that you could think of. Um, everything that I had of Superman when I was a little kid, um, I eventually found in the museum. Um, they even had um, the uh, Lois Lois and Clark. Um, uh, some some stuff from the Lois and Clark TV show. Um, Did they have had, Dean um, Kane? I mean, he's they actually he's just hanging out. <laughs> he's, he's not doing yeah. anything lately. Anyway, he's not he's doing, doing nothing else. else. Yeah. <laughs> 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 actually, <laughs> Dean Kane is a Fox News contributor. He's also um, um, in Supergirl. Yep. Is he? Yeah, he plays her adopted father on Earth. Really? Yep. I heard he also killed his brother Dean Abel. And Super Supergirl from oh the old uh, the Supergirl from the old movie is her mother. Yep. 
Really? Yeah. So good casting there. He actually does not a bad job in that show. Here's the thing: is everybody makes fun of Lois and Clark. I loved that show as a kid. Me too. I mean that yeah. was that was my Superman show. I'm sorry. I watched the living <laughs> crap out of that show whenever I was a kid. Yeah, in the uh, in the Lois and Clark section, the only thing they had was um, some of the outfits that uh, uh, Terry Hatcher wore as Lois Lane, um, in, including the the Ultra Woman outfit for the there was an episode where. Just like just like any other Superman show, where Superman loses his powers, but it's, it gets transferred to someone else, and uh, in Lois and Clark, uh, Lois Lane became super for the episode, and she had like her own costume. Uh, they they had that there. Um, they also had um, they had they had the boots of uh, General Zod and. Um, and not the character of Non. So they had a couple couple boots from the uh, Kryptonians or the black glossiness, and it was a uh, it was it was a really cool really cool place to to go. I mean, if you're if you're a Superman fan, I'm a, I'm I'm a big time Superman fan. I mean, uh, Superman is my favorite superhero of all time. I mean, I got the S shield on my arm, and I know you do too, Ken. Yeah, but it's surrounded uh, by the Batman shield, so let's be fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you still got it. I do. But, I do. I mean, I mean we. Uh, I I think I think you would love. I think you would really like it, Ken. Uh, the, the only thing the only thing that sucks about it was it was like a six hour drive. Oh, six but, hour uh, drive's not that bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. We, I mean, we left like real early, um, like. Five, I think it was like five thirty in the morning, and by the time we got there, because we we stopped several times, it was like it was noon by the time we got to our hotel room. So we just because because once you get close to uh, to Indianapolis, there's a time change, and uh, you actually um, gain an hour. Like it'd be like nine o'clock, and then you'll cross like a certain threshold, and it will go back to eight o'clock, and you'll be like, "Whoa, we just went back in time. That's cool." Oh, gotta get back in time, back in time. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was it was awesome. It was an awesome experience. What's up? Yeah, it was. Uh, we 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 went with a uh, another couple that they uh, they go to the Superman Museum like twice a year. Because they go, they go to the celebration, which is every uh, June, I think, and then they also go every year on their wedding anniversary because that's where they had their, their where they went for their wedding, and they go there whenever it's that time as well. So we we basically uh, uh, hung out with a couple on their wedding anniversary for the last half week or so. But uh, cool. It was fun. Hey, uh, anything else going on? I just said you didn't play any games. Yeah, I didn't, didn't play any games, but oh man, I was geeking out about uh, a recent Nintendo announcement that we'll get into in a little bit. Oh yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that later. That's uh, yeah. That's some, good times. Got something some, happened. Yeah. yeah, some people got some things to say about that later. 
Yeah. All right, so let's move on. Jay. Yeah. What'd you play? Okay. Um, well, let me just get to the... Um, I'll skip the small stuff and get to the two big ones. Uh, I played the, the Pokemon Sun and Moon demo. Oh, did you guys cool. try that on 3DS? I, did I didn't not. know that was out. Yeah. yeah, it's been out. It's been out for, I think, maybe three, four days or so. We talked so, about I, it in I, our email thread, and Drew, again, just ignored everything we said. Uh-oh. Dude, I had a lot of stuff to do that day. <laughs> my my lights just flickered, so if I just disappear, you know what happened. Okay. Yeah, I was killed. But uh, So basically, this, the Pokemon's on the Moon demo, um, it's a pretty short thing. I beat it maybe in about 20, 30 minutes or so. And uh, it basically gives you... Like a pretty powerful Pokemon to start with, a uh, Green Ninja. I don't. I don't think that's a starter. I'm pretty sure that's not. I thought it was Gray Ninja. Uh, I don't know. I no. thought it was just Greninja. I you think know what? <laughs> Y'all wrong. Uh, I think it's I Greninja because he's in. Uh, he's Smash. in Smash Brothers. Smash yeah, out to the Greninja. My son has the. My son has the Greninja amiibo. Oh Jesus! Uh, world. Yeah, he's also in Pokémon as well. Pretty cool character. Yep, he is. Yep, he's good in that. Mama call it. So you start out with him, which is pretty strong. And the thing about it is that you, uh, you just kind of do this like trial thing where you're supposed to take a picture of this elusive Pokemon thing. So you go around, you look through these like little caves, and you take a picture, and then you fight them. And then you have this like uh, a fight against the team Skulls, which seems to be the main antagonists of Sun and Moon. And they're kind of like little goofy assholes. They they look like they're trying to <laughs> at all times. Like they're they're spitting hot fire every time they talk. Spit hot fire. They have fire. like hand gesture. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, I spit hot fire. <laughs> I, I get that Pokemon is more more for kids and everything, but I, I found it to be more goofy than charming. But uh, it is what it is. And after you beat the game, technically, you can actually go back into it, and then it all it'll unlock some other challenges. Like there's a challenge where it tasks you with catching as many Pokemon as you can. Uh, within, um, you know, and they just kind of quit. And then if you actually complete some of these challenges, it'll give you some items you can carry over to the game actually when it actually comes out. So you get like a star piece, um, you get like, uh, like a piece of like gold or some, some kind of ore of some kind and something else. And I think you, you can keep a Pokemon. You get, you get to keep, you get to get Grand Ninja, whatever it's called, uh, when later down in the game, because you can't get him right away, because that'll just break the game, because he's too strong. So you'll unlock him later after you do like a certain quest or something like that. So yeah, it has some it has some stuff to uh, carry over, and you can also ride a Pokemon. In this one, I think that's new. <laughs> this is this it's, is a theme today. Is ride? Yeah, things. it really is a theme. Today. Get on your bike and ride. <laughs> yeah, you get you get on a bison actually. Pretty close to the bike, I guess. And then you can smash through rocks. You move really fast. Uh, it controls pretty well. You still get into combat while while you're riding a, a bison on tall grass, which I thought was odd. Uh, that probably shouldn't happen. But um, yeah, it's, it's fine. I mean, it's not. It didn't like blow my socks off or anything. It's just it's just another Pokemon game, and that's what people want for Pokemon, right? They don't want anything new. They just want the same thing, and that that's what it is. It looks it looks all right. Um, you know, it's got some pretty neat uh, combat stuff going on. Uh, the UI seems pretty clean. It actually tells you what attacks are effective and what's not after you've used it on them. So it actually says not effective, super effective on the bottom of the the actual move, which I thought was pretty intuitive and nice. That's very good, yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. I, I like that a lot. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not bad. Um, 
I'll give uh, I'll give the game a shot when it comes out officially. But uh, as I said before, I've never finished a Pokemon game. I've started basically all of them at one point or another, but they never they never grabbed me the way that it seems to other people. Like I I play my Shin Megami Tensei games because I feel like those kind of it's basically Pokemon for grown ups is what it feels like because the same kind of concept collecting demons and it's just <laughs> a much brutal story. They have, which demon, I enjoy. they have demon balls. Um. No, you kind of have to negotiate with them. And then you have, you, you <laughs> that, that's totally grown up. I'm going to throw this ball. No, no, we need to have a conversation first. Yeah, I always found the universe of Pokemon to be very disturbing. You go around and these fucking wild creatures that can literally shoot fire out of their faces attack you for random reasons. And then um, you either knock them unconscious or they will knock you unconscious. And you capture them into little balls and make them your slaves. What's, what's, what's wrong with weird, that? Man. That, seems, that seems fine. Have you heard of the concept of uh, dog, like dog fight, cockfighting or dogfighting and stuff oh, like of that? Of course, yeah. Kind of, kind of frowned upon on, in our society, don't you think? And then you have these things, and it's perfectly fine to make them fight each other until they brutally like make them like, like, rip and tear and make them unconscious. Well, it, 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 Jay, Jay, I, I don't know if you know, this is a video game. Yeah, I know, I know. But also, when you're talking about, not, like... They're not pocket dogs. They're pocket <laughs> monsters. Yeah, no, monsters. Okay, because yep. Pikachu is not, not likable or, or like a like a pet or anything. He's monster. Hey, he's a, he's he actually, might be cute, but he's a monster. He's actually a detective. Uh, I don't know if you heard. Oh, yeah, he you're is right. a detective. But I want to play that game. <laughs> I want to play that game with the original voice acting. That, when I heard that voice acting, I just... I can't. If I it's can't. not Danny DeVito in America, just get the fuck out. Okay. <laughs> Danny it's got to be Danny DeVito. <laughs> that might be the greatest game of all time if they pull that off. Because I can't. Hey, Ash! <laughs> you want some rum ham? <laughs> Danny DeVito's great. And the other other big game that I played is a game that just came out, uh, Civilization VI. Oh, uh, yeah. That. There's that yeah. game. That game's pretty big, guys. So, pretty big following, apparently. Oh yeah, and uh, I play Civ Five a decent amount, but I've never really been like a huge fan of Civilization games, so it's all kind of foreign to me. You know, I haven't played Civ Five forever. Um, Civ Six. One thing I will tell you right off the bat, it has Sean Bean narrating the whole game. Fuck yes, does he die? And it says it's as amazing as you can imagine it to be. They never had a a um a narrator. Before, I they not? There wasn't five. Okay. Well, either way, he's great. Like he's he, like he's he's dulcet tones really set the uh, set the mood for the game. And the things that they say and uh, like the quotations they use, they have like quotes from like George Cullen and other comedians uh, to talk about certain cultural advancements <laughs> and stuff like that. It's really it's really good. It, uh, they it, take it, some it, really. It's a total missed opportunity if Sean Bean at one point does not say, one simply does not walk into Egypt. <laughs> yeah. I would not be surprised with the, the tone of this particular game. And uh, they, they're really not shy shying away from humor at all. So if they did something like that or made some kind of Game of Thrones reference in there somewhere, <laughs> I would not be surprised in, in, in Winter this Winter is item. coming. Um, but uh, in Civ Six, if you ask me what, what's changed from Civ Five, I couldn't tell you. Because I don't remember Civ Five, and like, I'm, like I said, I'm not, I'm not big into Civ games. But I'll say Civ Six feels good. Like, 
You play the game, and you're overwhelmed at the very beginning. There's all these menus, there's all these little things that you can make and click on, but it introduces the things that you can do pretty smoothly. There, you have a very limited amount of actions at the very beginning before you know you end the turn. But as you continue to grow, you get one more thing that you can do. You get another thing, and it just continues on to another until to the point where you have like in one turn you have an action slate of like twenty things that you got to do, um, and it gets kind of crazy. And Civ, as you know, is a game that melts time. Oh my god, it's a time-traveling yeah, game. It really is. I started playing this game at around 11 p.m. Thinking like, yeah, I'll play for a little bit. I'll get my first impressions. Uh, this was yesterday night. I was like, I'll get my first impressions to talk about it on the podcast tomorrow. And then I was, I looked at the clock after a little bit, and it was 2, two o'clock in the morning. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. So it's three hours. Like, boom, I was done. This is just, and then I had to stop playing because if I, if I went for that whole one-more-turn idea, then I would have just kept playing till right now. So it's very, very addictive, very polished, and uh, fun. Yeah, I can. There's nothing really negative to say about it. There's some stuff, uh, mechanically speaking, I think maybe could have been a little clearer and how you could have approached it with some of the combat. Because you have to, when you have a range, range attack uh, unit like an archer or like a slinger or something like that, and you right click on the enemy, they don't default to a range attack. They default to range, uh, melee attack. Melee attack. Really dumb. You actually have to press R and then click on it, which I didn't know, so I kept like charging into my enemies with my slingers like an asshole for like the first like twenty turns and that didn't that didn't really do me any favors. And barbarians, like this game has some RNG elements where like you just start out the game, oh shit, there's five barbarian scots coming at you from all angles in the first ten turns. And you're like, what the fuck is this? And there, sometimes you start the game, and then you don't see a barbarian scout for like thirty turns, and then you're perfectly fine. But it's it, it really depends on what you choose. But it's it's cool. I think uh, I, I think fans uh, got exactly what they're looking for. A uh, nice polished sea of experience for uh, the modern age, I suppose. Who did you start with? I actually did a complete random quick play, and it started started me out with this like African chieftain or something like that. I can't, I can't, I don't remember his name, but it's got some cool perks with culture and religion where they can't start their own religion, but they kind of absorb other religions and then get all the benefits and boons from that, um, which is pretty nice. Um, and then you have, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different civilizations. Uh, you can oh, start yeah. out with, um, there's some DLC ones that you can get. I think Aztec is like a DLC. Um, you can even start out as, uh, Washington. Can you start out? As, no, you can start it's out as uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy yeah. Roosevelt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty cool. I mean, that's uh, that's new. Um, yeah, that's that's Civ Six. I'm gonna keep playing it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be careful when I play because if I start playing that game at the wrong times, it could really hinder my productivity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I started playing Corpse Party again, but when's the embargo on that? Oh, hell, I don't. It's the same freaking game. It's been out since like yeah, but you you know how embargoes work though, Drew. That's true. Uh, yes, I'm not, I, well, I, if you don't want to talk about, it, I can talk about. It's it October twenty. It's tomorrow. It's uh, Tuesday at nine o'clock. So I can't talk about it now. Yeah. Well, you can talk about it, right, Drew? It's, it's, yeah. Do you want to butter yeah. your pooper? <laughs> that line is in the game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, it's Corpse Party. I mean, it's, uh, it's Thanks, a Drew. Well, moving on. But... Visual novel <laughs> game. You can read my review or Mike's review. 
Yeah, we, we reviewed that game, game when Mike was still here. Yeah. That was what years. Was that? that was years. Yeah. That was like 2010. So he must have reviewed the PC version or something, huh? Uh, Vita, right? No, it was PC the PSP oh. version. Sorry, oh, okay. PSP. PSP. Because I reviewed the PSP version of the sequel, <clears throat> which is funny if anybody's ever played it. The sequel is this first game over again, except you're in a time loop. And now that you know how everybody dies, you can try to save them. Okay. Huh. And then there's a sequel to that game called Blood Drive, which yeah. I reviewed on the Vita. Uh, and that's the conclusion of the story. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's Halloween. You know, we're, we're getting on there. We're running Spooktober. We need more scary games. Uh, and the, Corpse Party is uh, is pretty spooky. It's almost over. It's not. What? Halloween. October? Yeah, it's almost over. We didn't even get there. How is it almost over? It's the 24th, man, as of to when this goes live. It's October 24th. True. Now you got you to gotta milk it before we get to that stupid November where it's completely started getting dominated by Christmas for some reason. Nah, fuck that. It's all about turkey and getting fat. That's, what That's right. That's what yeah. Yeah. That's what I would like, but no, man. They start playing that Christmas music when October ends. I drown it out and just and just think of diabetes. Brimley's <laughs> 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 oh, um, house for Thanksgiving. What's that? You said you go to. I said you go to Wilford Brimley's house for Thanksgiving. I might. Diabetes. Diabetes. Mm-hmm. He invites me in and offers up diabetes. <laughs> Gives you some uh, some diabetes medication from Liberty Medical. Yeah, <laughs> is he still alive? He is. <laughs> is he? Yeah. I thought I thought he'd be dead by now. That's no. the flatterist would have got him by uh, now. No, the no. Beatus is he's fighting it with Liberty Medical, man. He's got the itis. Got the itis. It's called diet. Called diabetes, not liverbetes. So. <laughs> Christ. Oh, this went but, dark. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Diabetes is fine. Uh, uh, I don't think diabetes is fine. <laughs> no, it's it's actually a horrible disease. No, I know, I know, I know a lot of people that have it personally. So, and I, I know how debilitating it could be. Oh. Uh, but yeah, let's move on. Yeah, let's move that's, on. That's, <laughs> that's that's three games. Yeah. Okay, so wombat, fighting. Yes. Uh, yes, I played. Um, my son desperately wanted yesterday uh, Octodad for iPad. Oh boy. oh, boy. Nice. And so we bought it. And it's fun. But, yeah. God, I've never played a more frustrating game in my oh, life. Oh, yeah, trust me. Yeah. Uh, it just so... I mean, it's it's fun and it's funny and it's enjoyable. But, God, it is so frustrating. Like, the most frustrating um, it's at one point last night he asked me to help him with a part, and I had to I had to put I had to put it down like I had to just put it down and walk away because uh, <laughs> it controls bad on purpose, and that coupled with very difficult parts just sends my frustration meter through the roof. What uh, difficulty mode are you playing on? I don't even know. He uh, tried to play it, on the so. tried to play on the easiest difficulty. It'll make the controls a little bit more responsive. Okay. Yeah. The uh, so anyway, it was. I mean, it was good time, but it's very frustrating. Um, and that's really honestly all I've played. I um, haven't. Uh, it, it hasn't been much of a video game week for me. Okay. Party on. 
right. I'll finish it up. Uh, I played a lot of Mafia to, to, to finish my review. I still like that game. Even though you literally are doing the same thing. <laughs> Ken, imagine if the game finished and kept going the way it started. That hour and that yeah. first hour and a half, one of the best gameplay experiences of this year for me. And then from there, it goes into that whole checklist of gameplay elements you got to do over and over again. Yeah. Just to get to that one good mission every couple of hours. But you know what? It, it's it's fine because the stealth and the shooting are are good enough to be fun. Like, you know, putting on the auto-aim and just headshotting everybody is still fun. It feels good. Like, the guns feel good to me. So, the thing that bothers me the most is the thing that bothers me about most fucking open world games is, hey, go do this, and now drive all the way back over here to tell somebody you did that. That kills me, man. Lame. It really does. Yeah, like, can't you just pick up the phone and say, hey, it's done? <laughs> you know? Like, that even, game would have... Guild Wars doesn't make you do that. When you finish a quest, it's just like, hey, you've done it, congratulations, here's something in the mail. Yeah, I just wish this game would have done that because Mafia 2 was such a tight experience. It really was. That if they would have just eliminated, like, if they, literally, if they just would have eliminated having to go back and tell the person that you finished what you did to unlock the next part of the mission, that game would have been so much more streamlined. And that is my biggest issue with that game. It, it feels like to me when I was playing through the the parts when it started getting ugly, is they were trying to pad out the playtime. Yeah, they could have they could have made a stellar stellar like six seven hour game, like amazing, like super tight, really good story characters, no repetitiveness. But they're like, no, people wouldn't want to buy a game that's sixty dollars for that's 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 seven hours. So they just needed to make that into that twenty hour experience with all this extra shit that no one wants to do. Yeah. Hate that man. Yeah. Uh, that game's closer to thirty. Without yeah, yeah. without doing all the side stuff. It's it's kind of insane. Yeah. And it sucks because I like so much of that game that the things that are bad just stand out that much harder. Um I played the demo World of Final Fantasy. We talked enough about that. I played demo of Dragon Quest Builders and then I bought it. Um and I, still, I guess you like it. I still haven't opened it. it. Yeah, I still haven't opened it though. <laughs> I, I moved my PS4 into the living room in preparation for the PS4 Bro. I'm gonna call nice. it the PS4 Bro. When's that coming out again? Uh the tenth. So just the a couple 10th weeks. Tenth of November. Okay. Yep. Uh, but the big game I played a lot of this week was Battlefield 1. I finished the campaign. Alright. Um, that campaign is fucking amazing. <laughs> like, it's broken up into six war stories. Uh, and each story is a different character going through a different time, uh, in a different area. So, like, the first mission is a, is a British tank driver, uh, and you're trying to push this tank into the small village uh, in order to take over the spot. Uh, it's, it's really well done. Uh, visually, it is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Like, just, it, it's just gorgeous. Like, every detail looks great. Like, when it's raining, you see raindrops on your gun. Um, when you crawl in the mud... Like, mud gets on your gun. 
Um, it's just, it's just incredible. I can't believe how good it looks. Um, and that what I like about the, the, the campaign itself is that every story is different and every story is paced differently. So the first story, you know, you drive in a tank, you get out of the tank, you do a stealth mission, um, you do a straight shooter mission, you get back in the tank. It's all, you know, it's always changing up and doing something new and fun. In the second mission, you're flying 60 to 70% of the time. Uh, and these war stories are, are anywhere from an hour to two hours each. So they kind of vary in what they do. Like the the last one, the last war story has a full open area to do however you want to do. So like you can you can recon the area, you can go in stealthily, you can go in guns blazing, you can you know you just have to accomplish your goal in these three different areas. <clears throat> uh, they did a good job of when people think of World War One, like they think, oh god, that's got to be some boring shooting. Uh, but they've kind of taken some liberties. There's some automatic rifles in there, um, lots of explosives, and the explosions look so good. Uh, there's nothing better than popping the tank on the back of a guy with a flamethrower and then watching him explode. Like, visually, it's just it's just incredible. Um, the acting is really well done. Like, the, the, the story itself is interesting. Uh, they kind of, like, the, one of the last missions you're playing in the... Alongside Lawrence of Arabia, which I thought was really cool. Um, but that that campaign is probably six to eight hours of the best shooter campaign I've played since Modern Warfare. Nice. It, it's that good. Um, it just it just I just love the pacing. I love the characters. I love the stories. Um, and sure, you know, some of it is based off of things that really happened in World War One, and obviously some of it is taken with some liberty. But it is it is really good. I did play the multiplayer a little bit, uh, just like Call of Duty. I'm under no impression that I'm any good at any of those games. So I basically spawn, die, spawn, die, spawn, die, because that's what I do. Um, but it's good. It's it's interesting the way that it plays, like the big open world maps where you're playing like 64 players. It really feels like a war. Um, the sound design is obviously excellent. You know, DICE has always been really good at sound design. So hearing, you know, mortar shells and gunfire off in the distance sounds really good. Uh, anybody who's played the multiplayer will know about the whistle. So like when you charge with your team to push forward to the next point, you'll hear the whistle blow and everybody moves. And it's just it, it's just really an immersive experience. Um, they did, you know, pretty standard fare for every multiplayer game since, God, I can't remember how long ago it's been. There's packs like cards that you get for leveling up and you unlock them, you get new weapons, you get new emblems, things like that. And then, of course, I'm assuming that you can buy those because, of course, you can. Probably. But I have one question for sure, you, Ken. Sure, sure. Every single time that I've seen footage of people playing the game or I've seen people, you know, I just kind of randomly browse, uh, browse Twitch sometimes and see people playing it, and nine out of ten times when I watch someone play Battlefield One online, they spawn and they're already being shot at and they die. If they it spawn, it seems like it just seems like that. So they spawn and they die within like the first twenty seconds. That seems to happen like every time. How how true is that? It depends on where you spawn. So when you're playing a Battlefield game, you can choose to spawn to squad. Right. Um, and if you spawn to squad and they're in a firefight, that sucks. 
<laughs> right. You're going to get shot. You're going to get shot. So, I mean, you can choose to spawn at any point that your that your team is currently taken, or you can spawn to squad. And a lot of people spawn to squad because they want to be in the action and help their teammates. But unfortunately, a lot of times when they do that, they'll spawn in. And, and these maps are huge. So there's a lot of verticality. There's a lot of indoor environments. And mm-hmm. with 64 players, you're going to get a bunch of guys who are camping out in a base next to a, uh, um, an objective point that are just sniping the base. Or they're using a gun emplacement. Um, and there's a lot of vehicles in this game. So, like, in one of the maps, there's a giant train that goes down the track. And that, you know, that train has guns on it. So, you know, people can just, you know, fly through the checkpoint and just blow you away. Um, so yeah, there is definitely a lot of spawn die, spawn die. It's, it's, and, and the thing is, is even when I played before the game officially launched, when I was playing during the EA Access trial and when I played during the quote unquote early enlister edition, there are people out there who are already way too damn good at this game. That's just the way it works. That's, that's Battlefield to me. That's always been my experience with yeah. Battlefield games. Uh, one of the things I love about this game that I didn't talk about is that it has like uh, Bad Company 2 levels of destruction. So that is just wonderful. Like I was, uh, during the single player campaign, I was, I was trying to take over this village and I climbed up on the roof of a building because I was being surrounded by troops and then a flamethrower guy climbed up the ladder to get on the roof with me so I dropped a stick of dynamite at his feet, blew it up, and he fell from the top floor to the bottom floor and exploded and blew out half of the bottom of the building. <laughs> nice. Like, I, I've always admired the destructive environments of the Battlefield games, and uh, when it uh, when I told when I was told that Battlefield One's going to have that same you know bad company feel to it, then I was like, mm, that's that's good. Yeah, like that. Those are the moments that I love about that game. Is is just little things that I do like that, um, but no, I I think this is the best Battlefield game, probably since Bad Company. It is it is really really good, uh, and especially if you enjoy like the history of World War One, it's it's very interesting to play, and I still do like the little touch. Like every time you die, it it pops up your your birth date and your death date, kind of like this is when he died in the war, so. And it, uh, how long was the single player campaign? You said six to eight hours, just depending. Six to eight hours. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So it never overstays its welcome, but it also there's just so many moments. Like that's the thing about these shooters is like they were built on moments, things you remember when you talk about them. And I can probably name you a memorable moment from every war story. That's how good they were. From good. you know the Italian push where you're basically a walking tank with all this armor on, like the sound effects during that. Well, because I was using headphones when I was playing it, and like you could hear the guy breathing heavy from having to carry the armor, uh, and when he gets shot, you'd hear him grunt. But also like the sound of the bullets hitting you because you're just covered in metal had like a special sound to them, or you know in the tank mission where you had to sneak down into the buildings with the windmills and you're sniping people from the windmills or riding the horse uh, in the Arabian desert and just like slicing people with your, with your sword. Like there is a moment in every one of these stories that is memorable. And I think that speaks volumes about the campaign of this game. Yeah. I think what I'll do is that uh, since I'm getting the, the rental copy and I'll just play through the campaign, try a little bit of the multiplayer, but to me, like the, like multiplayers in these shooters, like where you, where you feel like just 
like a peon in like a greater like a huge war. Yeah. I've never really enjoyed too much, and the whole concept of spawn die spawn die like really grates me. So I'll I'll give it a try. I'm definitely gonna play the single player campaign because it sounds amazing. But uh, the multiplayer, I don't feel like I'm probably going to get too iron. Yeah, the, the thing the thing I can say most about the multiplayer is, is like you not being a fan of Battlefield multiplayer. It's yeah. good. It's good Battlefield. But again, I'm not going to play it because it's not my thing. Right. Gotcha. So I'm sure if you're a big Battlefield guy, you're going to fucking love this multiplayer. It's It's really good. But the single player campaign is finally, finally good. And I was joking with somebody about this earlier. I'm like, all right, one of these 2016 fall games needs to suck because so far they've all been really fucking good. <laughs> and I don't have time or money to recommend all of these games to every person. <laughs> like, goddamn, Gears of War was amazing. You know, Battlefield's amazing. And we still have Titanfall and Call of Duty. Up in the air, that Titanfall campaign could be good. That Call of Duty campaign could be good. But we don't know yet, so... But no, that's that's most of what I've played this week. I mean, obviously Overwatch and many other little things here and there. But so let's talk about what is coming out this week. It's it's uh, it's kind of a big week. So episode three of Batman, Telltale game, that was a okay. quick turnaround. Uh, Dark Souls three DLC. Oh yeah, Ashes of Arian Dell. I actually have somebody playing it. For review, so there you go. Uh, Justin, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse two. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that thing still won't work. Yeah, I know. Well, I'll talk to him tomorrow, but my guess is that maybe it'll just work on Tuesday. I don't know. It seems weird. Yeah. Uh, Exiles end. I don't know what that is. Uh, Farming Simulator seventeen. Mm, that's a Drew game. Yeah, Drew. Yep. Yeah. Drew cool. loves it. I did I'm not I'm not putting any requests for that. I already made Drew suffer through that once. Uh Just Dance twenty seventeen. Oh, they they still make those games, huh? All oh right. yeah, they're hugely popular. Uh, cool. Mark McMorris Infinite Air. In, in case, Tell me about that game, Cam. So in I case know more about it. in case you want to fly back to the good old PlayStation One days, this is a snowboarding game, baby. Alright. Yeah, I have no idea who makes it, and no idea if it's any good, but it's out this week. For the PlayStation 1? Uh, no, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. <laughs> uh, Minecraft Story Mode, a Telltale game series, the complete series, is out this week. Holy shit, how many episodes did that end up with? I think it's 8 or 9, right? That's the longest Telltale series ever. Well, yeah, it's also the most lucrative, I'm sure. You think? It's Minecraft. I think people underestimate Minecraft. Every time you talk about Minecraft, you underestimate Minecraft. You're, you're right, but critically speaking, that game did not do well. It doesn't matter. Uh, Critical or not, it's got the word Minecraft in the title. I, I guess. The name's good enough to sell, whether the quality's mediocre or not. Yep. Uh, Nabunaga's Ambition Sphere of Influence Ascension. If that's not enough words, I don't know what is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Sherlock Holmes, The Devil's Daughter, is finally hitting the U.S. That thing's been out in Europe for like three months. Dave hitting that? Uh, if we get a code, I'm sure he'll be down. He loves him, Sherlock Holmes games. He does. But uh, not bad. Tumblestone is hitting PS4, which is the free... Um, that Was was that PS Plus or Xbox Gold? Tumblestone puzzle game. Uh, I don't think it was PS Plus because I don't have it. Okay, it's it's got to be Xbox One. 
So. I've never heard of this. It was free on Xbox One. It's kind of like Tetris. Uh, there was a, there was a twist to it, but I don't remember what it was. Okay. Uh, World of Final Fantasy. Yep. yep. Uh, Weeping Doll, which is a VR game. The only reason I know is because Justin had asked me about that game, and when I looked it up, it said it was still an early access green light. But it's coming out. According to this list, it is due out on Tuesday or Wednesday for the PS4 VR. That's okay. kind of funny. Uh, Carnival Games VR. That's the joint y'all been waiting on. Uh, Shantae. Uh, the Pirate's Curse and Risky Revenge Director's Cut physical versions are out for PS4 this week. Uh, the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim Special Edition. PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, that's the remastered one that they were yep, showing off? That's out okay. on Friday. Uh, Titanfall 2 is also out on Friday. Mm-hmm. Let's see, what else is going on? Uh, Ginger, Beyond the Crystal, which is a platforming indie game. Okay. Monster Jam, Crush It! You ever played one of the Monster Jam games? No. Who's, nope. who's beating up their mic? What'd your mic ever do to you? I blame Ryan for thanks, this o- one. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. Uh, Cluster Truck is out for X- that. Xbox One version this week. PC or yeah, PC version's been out. So, uh, Corpse Party Back to School Edition that's out this week. Uh, if you if you dread going back to school, don't go into that school. Damn. <laughs> uh, and I think that's it. So, um, is a uh, Yoma Wari Night Along coming out next week? What is that for? It's for the Vita. It's a horror game by Nisa. Yes, that is Yomawari Night Alone. That is out this week. Yeah, that that game looks kind of neat, but I'm not sure if I want to. I forgot. I forgot to click on game. Vita releases because, <laughs> well, you know. Hey man, I'm exclusive kidding. game right there. The hotness. Yeah. Oh, well, World of Final Fantasy also coming out for Vita, right? Yeah, yeah. It's Vita and PS4. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. So let's talk about news. Just wait. Okay, we'll get there. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about the most important news first. So, um, did anybody bother to check and see if hell had frozen over? Uh, I haven't been there since Tuesday, so I don't know. Okay, because the last guardian has gone gold. Hey yo! What? Yeah, yeah. I will hold that game in my hand. I will shed a single tear as I put it into my PS4. It'll be a glorious day. You'll shed a tear as soon as you start playing it. <laughs> Why gotta be so negative, Ken? Not very good. <laughs> Why gotta try to bring me down, Ken? That's what I do. That's what I do. Um, bad news this week. Uh, the video uh, game voice actors guild is on strike. Yeah, I heard about that. That's terrible. Yeah, it went down. What was that? Friday night at midnight, I think, is was the the deadline. They did not meet meet agreements. Um. And te- I, from what I read, this only affects games that went into production after, what was it, February of 2015? So, anything that's being worked on right now, that could cause a problem. Yeah, uh, and they're striking which companies? Did they list? I uh, know EA was on there, uh, Ubisoft, I believe, was on there, Activision was on there. The, the I don't, trifecta of evil game developers, I guess. Yeah, I don't have the full list, so. But anyway, yeah, that's that's happening. 
Worst kept secret in video game this month, Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming. Xbox yeah. One, PS4, that's it so far. Yeah, no no PC has started a bit of an outrage, but that's what Rockstar has done. They've done the PC port like a year after because that way it doesn't cannibalize sales from the console market. It's smart. I don't like it, but it's smart. It's very businessy. They They have data showing the people that bought both versions, so... And again, people will buy both versions. Did um, did you guys all watch the trailer? Yeah, that was the most underwhelming trailer I've seen in a long time. I mean, I just, don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'll buy that game day one. Like, you, you don't even have to question that, but yeah, what, what was that? The, the trailer itself wasn't great, but I like the engine that they're working on. Oh, no, it's beautiful. Yeah, I, I, can't wait to, I can't wait to roam that world. But that's not the trailer you show when you you tease Twitter for four days. Mm. Mm, what were you expecting? What would what would have been a good trailer in your mind? At least some narrative, something, mm-hmm. a character. I mean, you don't have to give me like a five minute trailer. You know, a two and a half minute narrative story trailer. Give me a little detail, but don't just show me Buffalo running across the field. That's like a tech demo. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were they were going for that whole nature shot. You know. Uh, establishing the setting and stuff like that is what they seem to be doing, and we can be sure that they'll be releasing a lot more stuff for oh, sure. the sure. end end of 2017 when the game actually comes out. Okay, so that's my next question: Does anybody believe it hits fall 2017? Did uh, GTA 5 get delayed? Yes, it did, right? Yep, uh, it'll probably get delayed too. Then I think every big Rockstar game over the last few years has been delayed, and it's fine. It, Rockstar releases games when they're done; they're bl- they're like Blizzard in that sense. And yeah. they're always good. I'm not worried about the quality. I just don't buy the release date until it's on the shelf. Yeah, it is a full year away. So even really talking about it, whether it's can hit it or not, is is a big if. Well, I do know that they partnered with PlayStation on this one, so it will be a PlayStation. There's going to be exclusive features available first on PlayStation. So oh boy, there's that. Also, expect Scorpio and PS4 Bro versions. Because you know that. 2017. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I'm digging through every other news story of what this is. Uh, Xbox One took NPD for the third month in a row. Nice. Go Xbox, man. Internet lost its shit. (laughs) Well, this is before the whole, you know, right? November is going to be the month of the PS. Pro, yeah, PS4 so Pro. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a good telling month. Uh. I want to see. I, I'm just from my own curiosity. I want to see how that thing sells. I really do. Me too. I'm curious about the how many people are willing to dive into that particular <laughs> bag of worms. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, God, it's still climbing over all the other pieces of what we are. What we're going to talk about here in a minute. It doesn't seem to be much else. I know Overwatch players are finally sick of the uh, the Sombra ARG because uh, countdown to a countdown to a countdown to nothing kind of pisses a few people off. Yeah, yeah. and, and the, the the length that they have to go to to unravel these mysteries is fucking like these guys could probably have deciphered fucking cryptic codes from Russia. In, in the World War or something like that because they are crazy. They use these like decrypting methods and go through all these really like, uh, I don't know, like complex processes to get these ideas for this video game character that might be coming out soon. 
that everyone knows is going to be unraveled, uh, un- unveiled in uh, BlizzCon coming in November. Yeah. So it's like people are going crazy, but you know, Blizzard's going to show their hands when they're when they're gonna. So they deal with it. Uh, last piece of news before we get into the big one: Doom got patched this week with the arcade mode, which I did try out. I played one level. It's neat. It, it's a neat way to go back in and play that game again, but it's not like night and day changing. You just kind of go through and try to keep your score multiplier going. So does it take away all the cutscenes and stuff like that? I suppose. All the what? Oh, does it take away all the cutscenes so you can just have a pure gameplay experience? Yeah, it's just like it. It's one of each of the levels, and you go from point A to point B. Um, what's weird is I still had to get the key cards, which I thought that was weird. Um, and then you try to keep your multiplier going. Everything counts for your multiplier from killing an enemy to picking up like an armor pickup. So like that's designed for people to kind of you know plot out their course to speed keep their, run it. Yeah. yeah, it's got like a leaderboard, I would imagine. Yeah, it's got leaderboards. You're also able cool. to you you have all the runes and equipment unlocked. Oh, so nice. you're maxed out, and then you can customize your loadout to pick which weapons and runes you want to take on every score run. Does it? Uh, I guess it unlocks when you beat the game, or does it unlock from the beginning if I you just download this? Couldn't tell you. I beat the game twice, so it was right. just unlocked. Well, that's a that's a neat way to kind of extend the life of a game. Yeah, I, I like it. I would I would really like a narrative driven, you know, piece of DLC. DLC. Piece, yeah, because yeah. I I fucking love that game. That game was so good. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about it. We can't call it the NX anymore. No, we can't. No. The Nintendo has announced the official details. Well, the official name, anyway. Uh, the Nintendo Switch. Mm. Which, growing up in the time I grew up in, makes me think of my father cutting a branch off a tree and whooping my ass with a Switch. It <laughs> 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 uh, makes me think of an RF Switch. Oh, there's that, too. We all, we all have Nintendo Switch already, right? It's that big gray box yep. that came with the NES. Yep. yep. So Nintendo dropped a three-plus-minute trailer of the Nintendo Switch, uh, which is pretty much every rumor we've talked about up to this point. It's true. Yep, and it looks badass. It does look badass. Yes. Uh, so I, we can all agree that the design itself is pretty good, right? Oh, man. Yeah, man. It's super slick. Okay. That thing looks... The only thing I don't like is the, the dog head controller with the two Wii remotes attached to it. It looks like... Yeah, at least the Pro Controller that the, they showed alongside it looks very good. The Pro Controller looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, so yeah, it's a, con- for those who haven't seen it, if, in case you've been dead to the internet, uh, it's a hybrid console slash handheld. Um, so it's got like a little docking base, um, and inside that docking base is a screen. You can pop that screen out and slide two what look like tiny Wii remotes to the side of it. Yeah. Um, which has D-pads, analog sticks, shoulder buttons, all that fun stuff. Looks like about, I don't know, six-inch screen, maybe? Yeah, that, that's what I heard. It's it's supposed to be right around six inches. You know, yeah. and it, it is a downgrade visually. Um, I've been reading reports that it definitely looks better when you plug it into the base on the TV. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, also, hearing that the dev kits have a three-hour battery life... Oh, that's not good for that's, a portable device. That's not good at all. Even my Vita has like six. Yeah, so yeah. that's a that's kind of a concern for that. I'm not saying they won't improve it by launch, 
but three hours is you know you know what that's that's something that's easy to improve and for a development kit it's not meant to be a portable device yeah it's supposed yeah. to just sit there so it makes sense it's, it should be fine i don't think we should read too far into that one yeah uh, Nintendo has also come out to say that there will not be any more announcements about games or specs for the system this year. But uh, let's talk about the games they did show, though. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk yeah. about that trailer because Skyrim was weird because even yeah, Bethesda really did is. not confirm that it's coming out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like a really weird thing. It's like, did they just use the footage illegally? No, no. Are they going to get a strike from Bethesda? No, Bethesda actually built that demo, but they said they they weren't necessarily porting Skyrim to the to the Switch. I mean, that's that's not hard. Skyrim is an old ass game now. Yeah. And even the remastered version should run fairly easily on outdated hardware. You would think. Um, yeah, but the fact that Bethesda came out and say like, yeah, we we don't we don't we can't confirm it right now seems weird to me. Um. And then why why did they show so much of the Skyrim? Well, I think it's because it's them. I think that's Nintendo's message of like, hey, we're going to have these games on here. Yeah, third parties will be there too. Yeah, because if you you look at that list of third party developers, like, there's some really big ones on there that are kind of, you know, standard every time. But the ones that stuck out to me more were stuff like Atlas from, from software. Yep. You know, people like that, like, the thought of having, and I don't know if this even happens, but the thought of having Persona 5 on the Switch <laughs> is yes. kind of awesome. You know? Yep. Be able to uh, play it anywhere you want, man. You'd be like, I want to play it on my TV, and then it's like, hey, let's go somewhere, and then you play it on the go. Yeah. I just, that those are those are more exciting to me than Ubisoft Activision. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the the thing about that that whole poster with the third party is like to me that means basically nothing because we've seen the same poster for the Wii U. We saw it but we, it was half the amount. No, it was actually even more. No. They had a lot more icons. I'm looking at it right now and that's a lot more than what they have there. And I can. There's some developers here that could completely abandon the device, like uh, in a short time afterward. Like Activision's on here, Ubisoft on here, and you know, you know what they did after like the first like two years of the Wii U. Of so course. So I don't, I, I don't follow too much into that. But what I did like was that Mario game that they showed. Oh, the Mario game. Oh yeah. That I want that like 10 billion percent. That looks like. The highest definition Super Mario 64 game. That's ever. what I was saying. It looked like Mario 64. Yeah, it yeah that's exactly what it looked like. It didn't mm-hmm. look like, you, you know, and I know a lot of people like Galaxy. It didn't look like Galaxy. It didn't look like 3D World. It looked like fucking Mario 64. It did. Yep. yep. That's what I want. That's what I've wanted. Do, do you yep. think they can possibly have on launch and, uh, a new Zelda game and a new Mario game for the device? Of course they can, because look at the Wii U's output for the last two years. Yeah. What do you think because they've they been nothing. working on? Well, that, exactly. <laughs> what do you think they've been working on? Yeah, that's true. I mean, they had to have uh, pulled their resources something else, right? Yeah. And not only that, but I think a lot of the games you saw are going to be updated versions. Like, I don't think Splatoon is Splatoon 2. Yeah. I think it's, I think I think so, it's okay. Splatoon Plus, or whatever you want to call it. Platoon Switch, yeah. because yeah. they've already they've already come out and said, and and this is another thing we need to talk about. This thing uses cartridges. 
Heck yeah. So, and it's not backwards compatible with physical Wii. They specifically said physical Wii U and 3DS software. Mm. So, uh, people underestimate the storage space you can have cartridge in cartridges nowadays. Oh no, I'm yeah. not. I'm not worried about the storage space in the cartridge. That's, okay, okay, that's good. not my concern. I'm just saying that it uses cartridges, which I think is cool. Yeah, me too. So my, you want to talk about my concern about the system is its internal yeah. storage. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yep. That's a big. That's a big thing. Even if they have a. A micro SD slot or an SD slot to increase the the storage. Uh, generally speaking, you're probably only gonna get maybe about 256 gigs out of that, depending on what SD format they're gonna go over. You can pick up something like uh, half a terabyte pretty easily an SD now, but um, just support just support USB 3.0 external drives, and I'll be okay. Yeah. But how how would that be viable for the machine on the go though? The machine on the go, anything. yeah. The it, machine on the go would have to be you transfer the game to the internal memory and play that on the go. Um, that seems that seems very. I don't think that that seems very con- counterintuitive. I think they're gonna stick with the SD SD card and stuff like that. Uh, maybe maybe they could go for something like a. Maybe they can just release it alongside a 512 gig SD card. This this launch launch inside of it. That's that's doable. That's not that's not that hard. It's doable, but come on. Every single person on this show has bitched about their PlayStation Four only having 500 gigabytes. You're you're right, but you have to realize that these games will most likely be smaller. I don't Uh, know. Have you seen the sizes of Nintendo Wii U games? I have. They're not small. I downloaded uh, I downloaded like what like ten gigs worth of updates for Xenoblade Chronicles X. Just updates. So I, I know how. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, what what is that? They're updates, but they actually build into the hard drive to make the loading faster. Yeah. So you, don't, you don't have to run from the disk. So it can be pretty big, but at the same time, like five hundred gigs is is okay for a device that's also portable. It seems reasonable for that. You know what I mean? Especially if they also support external hard drives for your port uh, for the device when it's uh, docked at home. But I'd be I'd be satisfied if they did 512 gigabytes of storage. That's more than what my PS4 has now, and I'd be I'd say like that's okay, that's fine. The, the the thing is, looking at the trailer and with everything that they've shown, um, it it seems like to me that this system is going to have the most options. More options than any other Nintendo hardware, so I wouldn't be surprised if it if it was compatible with SD um, portable hard drives. Um, the same type that would you know be portable would be compatible with a uh, a Wii U. Um, you know, I, I I think that this thing will be will be more compatible with anything else that Nintendo has ever done thus far. I hope so. When because you, the Wii U... when you say compatible, what do you mean, like exactly? Um, like um, compatible with hardware that's non non actual Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, it'd be. I think it'll be the least proprietary uh, Nintendo piece of hardware of everything outside of the actual software themselves. Hmm. It might be. I I don't know. But the thing about the, the Switch is that 
it seems to beg for different control interfaces because it's so easy for you to click on to the device, right? So I would imagine they're going to have multiple different types of control, uh, control devices like peripherals and whatnot that you could buy that you could slide into the thing that would, that would go for certain, you know, like specific games and stuff like imagine, that. Imagine, imagine an arcade stick. <laughs> you know what we didn't, you know what we didn't see in the trailer and maybe we did and I just missed it is whether that screen is touch sensitive. It's been, so I've been reading reports. They haven't said, uh, okay. officially, but the reports are saying that it is. Okay. So. Nah, uh, I'm not. I mean, for you know, have having um, used the Vita, like, like what, like seventy five percent of the games don't even use the touch interface. Yeah, right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think well, it's going to yeah, be. I don't think I'm it's going to be a big deal here because you don't use the screen when you're playing on the TV. Well, my my point sure. was more if it's not touch sensitive, then that probably helps the price point and the battery and. Yes. Mm, everything yes, else. Yes, that very, that very, was my point. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big thing cuz the screen is going to be the price point. That's going to be the sticking point for the price. Which, um another which I think thing that's going to be 299. I'm saying 299 right now. You think so? Yeah. Yep, 299. Yep, yep, I I totally agree with that price as well. Um, I hope so. One of the th- one of the concerns I had was not just the battery life of the whole unit, but the battery life of each ind- individual piece that interfaces with the inter- unit itself. Yeah, like what kind of batteries go in those Wii remotes that slide in the sides? Yeah. They're, they're tiny, so yeah. I, don't, I don't think they have, uh, like, batteries just slide in. They're probably internal that charges when you're plugged into the device itself. <laughs> Anybody see that D-pad? That D-pad yep. for f- freaking microscopic people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how you could use those controllers. I don't yeah, know. just you, you just give the give the the right one to your friend. Keep keep the left one for yourself. Then play two player games. It's it probably works, but it must be incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah, that's not guess. something you want to play all the time for sure. No. The thing is, I mean, yeah, I I, I can see where it would be kind of uncomfortable, but then but then again. It's Nintendo. I mean, most of their products are pretty uh, ergonomical, so I, I think it'd be one of those things where you, it'd be weird at first, but then you get used to it later. But I can't. I can see with people with larger hands having difficulty. But the uh, the Nintendo Switch is going to have so many different types of features that you know someone with larger hands who won't be who might not be able to have one of the little modules to uh, to play. Uh, might be able to just uh, have one of those uh, big classic controllers that, that that person could play as well. Oh, that fucking pro controller looks bad ass. It does. It looks good. Yeah, yeah it looks it looks like a controller-ass controller is yeah. what it looks like. That, like as, soon, as soon as I saw that in the video, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the Heck controller yeah. I want, man. That's what I want to play Mario with. That right you there. Know, so again, I know, I know it's, I know it's early. It's not out yet, but it really does look like they have listened to the community and yeah. taken all the things that have been sort of complained about as it relates to the Wii U and the Wii and tried to correct them while still um, being different enough. You, you know, I guess is the best way for me to put it. You know what's funny about your statement? It is almost out. I know. That thing comes out in like five and a half months. I know. Yep. That is awesome. <laughs> Better start saving now. Oh, boy. As soon as the pre-orders go up, I'm putting mine down, and I'm going to slowly pay it off. 
I'll, I'll, I'll have to see what games come out on launch. If the the launch lineup like really sells me, then I'll pick it up. But if the launch isn't strong, like I'll probably play the the Zelda game on my Wii U. I don't really see a reason to play that game on the go. Uh, I know uh, that I know that those games are going to be there, so I have no problem jumping right in because. Yep, same here. I think that launch is going to be pretty good because, like we said earlier, it's been two years and they haven't had a big output. So I'm expecting Zelda, Mario, and some other stuff at launch. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely pick up Zelda and Mario on um, day one. Yeah, like um, Mario 64 was enough to make me buy a 64, and if this game is half of that, I, I'll be there. Yeah, that yeah. that Mario game is going to be a huge selling point. If they can get that out on release date, it's going to be huge for the yeah. system. Yeah. Um, the what the other thing that they talked about is that uh, Nintendo has always been a co- huge component of backwards compatibility for their systems. You know, the Wii U being able to play Wii games, Wii being able to play GameCube games, and on and on and on. And uh, it seems like they're breaking the chain here. No more, no more compatibility with Wii U. No compatibility with like 3DS games at all. And that kind of disappoints me. But at the same time, it seems to be the trend, right? Like, yeah, they, they're kind of getting rid of the whole backwards compatibility. Kind of, yeah, it I makes think, me sad. I, I think the one, and I agree with you, but I think the one thing that does give me comfort in this instance is it's pretty clear to me that they would not have been able to do the functionality that they want to if they had backwards compatibility with yeah. Wii and yes. Wii games. So yeah. unlike the PS4 and the, th- and the um, Xbox One that are, from a form factor standpoint, almost exactly like their predecessor, um, at least you know externally, right? Yeah. The... Um, with this, I mean, I just look at that system and I think, oh yeah, there's no way they'd take discs. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's impossible. Yeah. And it was also right. interesting, like I said earlier, the comment that they made that they won't be backwards compatible with physical copies. Right. Does that mean that we're finally going to get a unified Nintendo account that has all of our junk on it? God, that <laughs> that, that is the dream, but we're talking That would Nintendo. be awesome. That is my dream because I own so many virtual console games for the Wii U if I could just play them day one on the on the Switch. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. That's a good selling point. Um, but they would have to roll out that Nintendo account system earlier before the Switch even comes out to yes. kind, of, kind of qualify that. Yeah. Um, and the other question that I was asking that I think a lot of people are thinking is that what does this mean for the 3DS? If they're coming yeah. out with this more powerful uh, hard, uh, hardware that they're going to be going forward with all the new releases for their first party and it's going to be portable. It cannibalizes the 3DS market entirely. Yeah. Um, yeah, the 3DS has been doing very well. So, uh, go ahead, Jason. Yeah, I, I'd pr- I'd probably say not not to cut you off or anything, but uh, I would I'd say that the 3DS probably has an, another maybe eighteen months worth of uh, game releases ahead of it. Yeah, that's pretty short considering the new 3DS came out just this year. It uh, is. Yeah. But I, I don't true. I don't know I I don't know how to feel about it, and I don't think Nintendo knows how to feel about it right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big thing. I think they kind of play that wait and see game. Yeah, is the uh, the 3DS has an incredible install base. Yes. So every time they make a game for that, it just prints money. Um, and where where's the Pokemon game gonna go for next? Is it gonna just go to the Switch now because it's also portable, or is it gonna keep going with the 3DS because of the install base I, and the budget? I that's think that's the part to make it. Yeah, I think they make. 
two versions at the beginning. Uh, like Jason said, within the first 18 months, I think you see a Switch version that's compatible with the 3DS version, but I think you get two versions. Yeah, the the next Pokemon, like the, the one that they'll probably come out with like a year from now. I wouldn't be shocked if Sun and Moon gets a Switch port. To be perfectly, yeah, I think I think there's going to be a lot of HD ports to the Switch. No, I'm sure there will be. The uh, the yeah. funny thing is, um, you're just talking about it. They actually ported out all the files from the 3DS demo of Pokemon Moon and Sun, and they threw it into a filter and they made it into full HD experience on the PC you can play. And holy shit, that game looks amazing in HD. Yeah. And it wasn't even that hard for them to do. I, I so, guarantee you Nintendo's got that on their brain. I mean, imagine if the Switch launches with Sun and Moon. Uh, the HD version? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, launching with a Zelda, Mario, and Pokemon, imagine that. Like a re- like a like an HD version with some added content. With some, some added Pokemon, yeah. Mm-hmm. There you no. go. I'd buy it. <laughs> it would have contained both the Sun and Moon version on one copy. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. That'll work. Here's another uh, couple games that I think would uh, cause everybody to go into a freaking frenzy: Mario Kart and Smash Brothers. Well, they showed Kart, and that's yeah. not Mario Kart Eight because nope. King, King Boo was driving, yep. and King Boo is not in Mario Kart Eight. Just saying. That's a new one. That's a new they one. Also allow for two items. You losing your headset there? I can barely hear you. Me? Yep. Good? Yep. Okay. You. Yeah. Better? Nope. <laughs> Damn it. This makes for yeah. this makes for good sound. <laughs> go go ahead, Jason. While he's trying to fix his mic. Um, I mean, the Smash Brothers would just. I mean, even if it's a port of the last one, it would still be uh, still be pretty cool to have it all, you know, being a portable and a console version on the go. There's a there was a heavy so I, I follow a lot of the Switch rumors and stuff from specific people, and I heard that there was a Splatoon, which we saw in the video, uh, and a Smash Brothers in development for the Switch. And the Smash Brothers was not supposed to be a new game because it's being built by, if I remember correctly, Namco Bandai. Hmm. Which was the rumor. So it could be like a port with more characters or something. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So Nintendo's not going to talk about software until next year. Right. So my guess is they're going to come out swinging with a hell of a lineup. At least I hope so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would I would say that a really good lineup would be like three to four like incredible games, like must have games, and then another like five or six games that are just kind of like if you're into that kind of thing, then you would like it. So I'm I'm, I'm thinking like maybe uh, maybe about a dozen a dozen games at launch would be a pretty pretty dozen, cool number. Dozen pretty, games, yeah, would be pretty good. Pretty mic, pretty decent. It's a little better. You're still a little quiet, but. Jeez, yeah, it's a little bit better. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll, just, I'll just talk louder, I guess. I don't know what's wrong with that. Scream it. into the mic! Okay! <laughs> um, another game that I would really love um, to be on the Switch, um, Monster Hunter. Yeah, that'd be nice. Oh, uh, God, I just... 
that that makes that makes me hot. Again, uh, maybe just a, a an up updated port of the newest one. Yeah, mm. I think you'll see yeah. a lot of 3DS ports. The, the hardware just seems built for it for some reason. I, I don't know what it is because let's be fair, a lot of the 3DS games lately they don't use the touchscreen for much more than quality of life. Right. You know. So yeah. I don't know. I, all I know is is I Nintendo did exactly what I wanted them to do. And I feel very good about this machine, even if it just does become like I'm not buying this thing to play d- the division. Right. I'm not. I'm not buying this thing to play Call of Duty. I'm buying this thing to play Nintendo games and shit people make for Nintendo game for Nintendo systems. Yeah. That's what I want. And at two ninety nine, with the functionality that it has, if it launches at two ninety nine, like that is a day one for me. Okay, but it's let's say it's two ninety nine. But uh, it has very, very little storage space in it. Let's say something like 32 gigs internal space. Would you Would you think that's a good investment? Well, I'm, I'm going to get it anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, it's, it it, I, I mean, I understand that, yes, if it has 32 gigs of space, okay. But let's be fair, that's one game. Do you really think Nintendo's going to launch a system that only works with one game? Uh, well, 32 gigs for one game is like a big game. Yeah, or, not anymore. Uh, I mean, Batman Arkham Asylum is 24 gigs on Xbox One. And that's an old game. You know? Mm. I mean, it, it just yeah. depends on the game, truthfully. I mean, Devil's Third was like 20 gigs, and that game's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't You can't talk about the quality of a game with the size that it takes. No, to no, but I mean, it's out. not a very good game technically. Like, it's not pushing anything exciting. It certainly doesn't look as good as, like, a Mario Kart, you know? But that's the thing. Like, we're talking from a home console standpoint, but you have to also think about it from a portable console standpoint. How much How much did the Vita launch with? Uh, it launched with zero. No, it, oh, it, well, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it's a launch of four. And then the 3DS launches with, what, none? It has the internal storage for like you know like megs, and then you have to no, buy the SD no, card. No, the SD card it, came with it. Yeah, it, like, it came with gigs? one. I think it was like I think it was entry one was like four gigs, and then I think the newer one was like eight. I'm not I'm not totally for sure about those numbers, but I think. It was <laughs> but right at least on there. the 3DS, we could buy a replacement for five dollars as opposed to the Vita, which would cost us I don't know 150. 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vita memory cards are a travesty. They still but, are. <laughs> But looking at the SD cards now, right? You can get a 256 gigabyte SD card for $80. And then there's a huge jump to 512 and it goes even double the price at $200. So that's double the space but more than double the price for that storage space. So getting a lot of storage inside of your device, like even if you get like a new phone now, like you can get the top the most amount of space you can get on like a Samsung Galaxy S7 Edge. It's like 128 gigs, right? And that's a portable device. So you have to think in the lines of a portable device. It's got to be going around. So you can't expect more realistically than something like 128 gigs internal. I'm I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess they're going to have the internally out of the box 64 gigs. Okay, that's without uh, without the expansion of like an SD card or anything, right? 64. Um. Yeah, either that or it comes with the card already installed that's 64 gigs. 
Okay, 64 is very cheap at around $22. So it wouldn't increase the price too much. But once again, that's 64 gigs. And like Ken said, that could just be two games. Yeah, but it, yeah, you know, but, but, but you're gonna you're gonna have your main games on the cartridges anyway. So, like, but what about the whole idea of the digital age? More people are buying digital copies of things than they are physical nowadays. You're 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 looking at this from one perspective instead of both perspectives. Okay, go ahead. I, I think your portable version, the screen with the controllers on the side. I think Jason's right, sixty four gigs. All right. The base itself. Maybe has another five hundred, and that's so you for, can see that. And that's so you're for, saying the dock has the storage in it. I think the dock has storage, and I think the portable okay. has storage because here's what you need to think about. And, and like I said earlier, with it being both things, the handheld version is going to have less storage because you're going to be taking it with you, and your games will be stored on the unit itself. And let's say, okay, so I want to take this, this, and this game with me transfer them over to the the handheld version and take those. It's not ideal, but it keeps the cost down, like Ryan said, and it also allows you to play at home. You just come home, plug it back in, and they're on both they're on both places. I think they have two separate storage. But let's say, for example, hmm. they come out with one universal storage because Nintendo doesn't like to complicate things. They've always been more about the simplicity of design than, you know, the the form or function, actually, uh, which is which has its own thing. It's kind of like the whole Apple philosophy, right? Keep it simple for everybody. Uh, so in that regard, let's say they they have a 256 gigger internal, right? That's all they have, and uh, you can get a bigger one if you so choose, but it's going to cost you more. But it launches at the cost of 400 dollars with 256 gigs inside. Uh, would that be a reasonable price? Would you guys buy into that? Uh, I think I think I think three fifty would be probably the absolute roof of how much that they can launch it with at, at that price. I think yeah. three I think three fifty would be the highest that they would want to sell to sell this um, on day one. They they can't uh, sell this for more than what an Xbox One or a PS4 costs. Yeah, they they well, just can't do it. That's tough because those systems are two fifty now. Well, no, they're two ninety nine. Uh, the slim version isn't isn't the slim version two fifty or something? No, they're both two ninety nine. Manufactured, you can find deals, but okay. manufacturer oh, okay. retail price is two ninety nine for an Xbox One S five hundred gig and a PS four Slim uh, five hundred gig. But Nintendo has never really competed, right? Like that's that's one of their philosophies that they don't compete. They try to make the best thing they, that they all, can. They don't compete, but they also don't gouge in prices. Look at the history of Nintendo's yeah. console prices; they've always been cheaper. Well, you know, until the 3DS came out, and they had to drop the price seventy dollars within the first few months. Well, of course, but it was still cheaper than the Vita. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess it was cheaper by like what thirty dollars or something yeah, like that. They've like, always what? been cheaper. I mean, you would be amazed if you go back and look at the launch price of the N sixty four. It was one hundred ninety nine bucks. Yep, that's insane. But like, Nintendo doesn't lose money on their systems like exactly, uh, the other companies do. Exactly. Yep. So I think this launches at two ninety nine. That's the roof. I that's... would I would pay three fifty. But I think it launches at two ninety nine. I've even heard some people like at two fifty. Hmm. Just to undercut just to undercut no PlayStation and Xbox One. Two fifty oh. is really pushing it. I don't think that's possible. I don't think the hardware in there is that expensive. I think they got smart after the Wii U 
they learn not to make that screen again. <laughs> so, do you think that you'll be able to actually um, buy the uh, the Nintendo Switch in 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 pieces, like? Um, because you know the, the the initial price on launch will include the the dock, the screen, and both side modules that connect to it. Yeah. Um, do you think you'll actually be able to also buy the modules themselves individually? Oh. And do you think maybe you could just maybe just buy the screen itself um, individually? No dock. No, no dock. That's a brilliant idea. It's possible. Sell it for like a hundred dollar or less. Yeah. That would yeah. be, that would or, be or sell the dock by itself for people who don't plan on playing portable for fifty dollars less. Or how about this? You buy the screen one day, you buy a module another day, you buy a module a few weeks later, and then you buy the dock a, a month later, and you have you have the whole complete experience, but you're 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 buying the whole experience in pieces. And so it's cheaper. Yeah, overall, it won in the long I, run. It may be a little more expensive, but you didn't have to put all of it up front. Right. Yeah, you didn't have to spend the the three hundred all at once. Yeah, the the all at once is the key word there because there's like a psychological effect when you spend that money all at once. It feels like you're making a costly investment, but if you do it in two installments, let's say you buy the uh, the portable device because you don't think you're going to be using it at home too much for let's say two hundred dollars, and then later down the line you figure, well, let's say something like two thirty. Because the dock itself is not going to be, you know, too expensive, honestly. So let's say two thirty, two forty. You buy it, you save yourself that sixty dollars or whatever, and um, later down you say like, "Well, I want to play these games on the TV as well." And then you buy that for sixty or seventy dollars, and then you total you pay more than what you would have paid it, you know, at at the once. But because you paid it in you know piecemeal, it actually makes you feel kind of more. Uh, I guess you'd be more willing to put out the money in that way. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Let's yeah, also let's also you know to go back to the price for a minute. This thing is kind of comparable to an Nvidia Shield. Yes, and a Shield is one hundred ninety nine dollars. But it also Ooh. doesn't have the whole you know like. It doesn't uh, have a, it doesn't have a dock, yeah. but let's say the dock's one hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. That's two ninety nine. But they've already said that it's a modified uh, graphics chip that they use on the Nvidia. Which is has been around since 2014 or so, so you would imagine the manufacturing cost would be a little bit more expensive. So $300 feels right. It feels safe, but I like I said before, the duality of this system, du- the duality nature of the system of the whole portability, uh, in conjunction with it also being a home console device, makes it difficult to speculate on a particular price point. Because of the storage, because the storage is such a huge factor in portable, while it's not a big factor in home console. Yep, which is why Nintendo's stepping into completely unfamiliar ground here. So everything they do is going to be, in Nintendo fashion, a trendsetter. That's yeah, what, that's what Nintendo does. I mean, it's it's cool. I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to playing those games. Mm. You know what the amusing thing about this whole situation is? is that if PS Vita has ports on the device that's never used by the consumer, and some of the ways that you can do is you can modify it so that you can literally just have an HDMI out of the Vita that connects to your TV, if they had that func- uh, form functionality from the very beginning, they would have had exactly what this device is, basically. 
just have it on the you could just have it have the game playing on the wireless uh you know like PS3 controller at home and just plug it into your uh TV to play the games on there and it would have been exactly this thing it's kind of the whole thing it's kind of the PlayStation TV <laughs> yep it's 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 silly because it's Vita could have done so many things. It could have been one of the greatest systems ever made. And the hardware itself, and I stand by this, is one of the best hardwares ever created, especially oh, for yeah. a hardtail. But all the missteps between the storage, the marketing, the support, and everything else in between made that system so hard to sell. I still think yeah. if you would have made the Vita use proprietary storage, it would have done so much better. You're right. You mean not if you wouldn't have made it use proprietary storage? Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah. So that it's not using yes. the branded Sony freaking memory cards that what is it, sixty four gigs are costing a hundred dollars? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That yep. is insane. It's bonkers. That that Stupid. is. Yep. Sixty four gigs SD is twenty two dollars. <laughs> and it limits the amount of storage you can have. Yeah. It does. It was mostly an anti-piracy thing, and it didn't even work well. Yeah, the Vita became the piracy handheld. Uh, not as bad as the PSP, but you can still do a lot of, you know, like homebrew and all this other stuff on it I still, already. I still don't I know mean, why they care. He's, I, yeah, I, I don't understand why they invest so many resources. I mean, I, I get it. They don't want to. They don't want people pirating their games and all that kind of stuff. But has there been one yet that they haven't cracked? Uh, yeah, and if you go, if you look at practices of other people like CD Projekt Red, and uh, more recently Devolver with Shadow Warrior, like they'll flat out just tell you, you know, don't don't try to do it this way. Just pirate it, and we're sure that you'll come and buy it. Like right. they know that people are going to pirate. Th- you know what? If you were going to pirate Shadow Warrior or The Witcher or a Vita game, you weren't going to buy it anyway. Exactly. That's the that's the aspect of piracy that people or analysts don't seem to understand because it's it's impossible to gauge the the number of people who are never gonna buy that game in the first place. Right. And when you put into these um, uh, these like really non-intuitive systems and ideas that really hurt the system in the long run, just to try to stop piracy. Uh, on the unknown amount of damage that it could have possibly caused it, you actually end up burying yourself even deeper. Uh, and that's what happened with the Vita in particular. So, Drew. Yes. You haven't said a word. No, you haven't. You've been really quiet. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have enough information yet, but from what I see, I want it. Okay. Um, now... When it comes out, and you guys have brought up a lot of good points, you know, storage. I need to see how the storage is going to be held because if I end up having to spend, you know, like a hundred bucks on some type of storage, I don't know if I'm going to do that. It's the reason why I didn't get a Vita. Yeah. So I mean, but yeah, they got the games. That's I'm not worried about the games. The fi- I can finally play a Pokemon game. Assumingly, I can play a Pokemon game on. You know, my television. I'm down for that. Oh man! Yeah. Do you imagine playing a Pokemon game on your television with a controller that looks like an Xbox controller? Yeah. Oh, the, man. the last the last thing that happened was Pokemon Snap on N64, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, unless I mean, you, you count, actually, no, that's I mean, not even the Pokemon Coliseum. Like, Pocket Tournament, Pokemon Coliseum. Yeah, Pokemon Coliseum. You know, they were out there, but like Drew say, like a straight up Pokemon game. Yeah. yeah. The last yeah. time I played the Monster Hunter game 
was the three ultimate on Wii U, and that was an upscale version of the 3DS game. And it was fine. And that was okay. Yeah, it yeah. was fine. And, but we never got an official actual game for Monster Hunter since Monster Hunter One, which was a PS2 game, and that game was amazing. So I want an actual console, home console experience for Monster Hunter and Pokemon yes. and everything else in between. That'd be lovely. Well, this is our chance. I mean, if this thing works the way that they're saying it's going to work, you could finally get the Pokemon, the Monster Hunter, all these great portable games on your TV. Oh, yeah. that would be awesome. I would. Yeah, that is the most exciting thing about this system for me. And There's, another the thing... potential's through the roof, I'll put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Will they follow through with it? That's the bigger question. I hope so. It's just Another nice to have question. a Nintendo console that's exciting. I know, right? <laughs> yep. Go ahead, exactly. Jason. You seem like you want to make a point. And then we'll then we'll move on because we got a hell of a lot of tweets. God damn it. <laughs> uh, right. Let's rock. Yeah. Um, the, big, the big question besides everything that we've mentioned, uh, multiplayer online networking. Yeah, that kind of rolls into the Nintendo account. How's it going to go? Yeah. yeah. How? Surely to God they have learned. You, by you, just, you just need to type in the 16 characters that's <laughs> randomly generated for each person for each session, and you have to have a verification code, and then you have to have a permission slip by your parents. you gotta, uh, you got to verify it. Over to the, the, to the Nintendo headquarters, and then once uh, you know the, the five different presidents and the CEOs all verify that you have the right signatures – then you can play online with each other. So that's that seems intuitive. I like it. That seems a lot it. easier than the Wii U. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems good. Yep. All right. Well, let's get excited. Uh, we probably won't hear anything else official until next year, but it's it's nice to finally have a name to the rumors. Yeah. And to see it, because, goddamn, it's a sexy piece of hardware. We'll, we'll yeah. see when it comes out uh, for we're willing to make the Switch. Oh, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, we got one email. It's from Eorkara. Don't worry. It's not bad. Uh, <laughs> he says, boys, I have some news. It's major. Case Uh-oh. and I are having a baby. Nice. Whoa. Congratulations. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah, sorry, and also congratulations. Uh, congratulations. Did you say I'm sorry and also congratulations? Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, 15 weeks in now, life is good. I know it's not the time to announce Game of the Year or anything like that. However, I would like to plug three games that kept on giving. Uh, Jurassic World, the game on iOS and Android. Seven Days to Die and Minecraft for consoles. I just can't stop playing these three titles. Highly addictive and fun. Uh, so Minecraft the, for consoles even come out this year? It uh, came out this year for PS4. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so the Nintendo Switch looks great. Looks like a Wii U 2.0, or what the Wii U should have been. Uh, yeah. There's two really major things that will either make or break the Switch. It obviously needs strong third-party support. Uh, however, it really needs an online service like PSN and Xbox Live. Uh. Oh, and great portable battery life. Um, yeah. At the very least, 1080p with HDR or even maybe 4K. I wouldn't count on that. <laughs> no. 4K, come on, man. No. Yeah. The Wii, the Wii, the Nintendo Switch is not gonna have that. Uh, the the thing about 4K is that you have the screen has to be a certain size for you to appreciate 4K. Yep. And yeah. that that six inch screen is not enough. And the, the, that nope. that base is not gonna pump 4K anyway. I bet it's straight 1080p. 
which the Wii U pretty much did with first-party games, and most of them running at 60, because Nintendo are fucking geniuses with software. Yep. All right. So the Twitter is packed with tweets from people. Um, Creed tweeted, tweeted us as soon as that uh, that tweet from Nintendo went up about the NX. Uh, Mookie chimes in says Nintendo NX also known as Nintendo Switch is so gorgeous Uh, eSports enabled why the heck not so excited nice yep Uh, Mookie says I was like PSVR I think I'm getting this one instead while traveling to my wedding oh okay I don't understand I don't, that. I don't statement. understand what that means. So he's he, he's not getting the PSVR, but he's getting the Switch, but so he can use it on the way to a wedding, apparently. Okay. 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 That's oh, the way I, I read you. it. Okay. He's saving I, I, the money he was gonna spend on PSVR to buy the Switch so he can use it on the way to his wedding. Is the way I read it. Okay. Okay. It's sure. crazy just... that the Switch might be cheaper than PSVR. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that it's coming in March. I know, man. It's so close. Yeah. <laughs> we usually get like a year in between the announcement I know. and the council. So half half of that is, is pretty nice. I think the Xbox One was the shortest cycle. It was announced in what, like May or June, and then launched in November. It'll the switch. The switch will be here in my estimation probably a year before Red Dead, and we heard about both of them the same day. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's actually funny. Yeah. So is Red Dead coming to the Switch? Nah. <laughs> no, man. Probably not. I don't um, know. Yeah, I doubt it. Rockstar and Nintendo, it's never been a thing. Yeah. Uh, they, they had that bully port on yeah. the Wii Yeah. I think everybody tried a port on the Wii U. And then um, they had the, sorry, the, the GTA, GTA game on the DS, uh, which was supposed to be pretty good, but I never played them. They ported it to uh, the PS- Chinatown Wars, PSP yeah, yeah. and Vita. Right? Chinatown Wars was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's also they also have it on uh, iOS. Well, what isn't on iOS anymore? I mean, come pretty on, pretty much nothing. Uh, Anthony says, "What an amazing time to be a fucking gamer." Red Dead Redemption Two, Nintendo Switch. Agreed. Uh, it's hard I- for me to talk much about Red Dead Two though. Yet, I mean, I, I I'm I'm excited just because of the the sort of I don't legacy. I guess is the best way to put it. But yeah. let's be real. That trailer was nothing. Nope. Sadly, it was not. It was not. It, it, it's nature shots, man. Nature yeah, nature shots. shots. <laughs> I mean, I, I I can appreciate the fact that the game looks gorgeous, but I don't I don't care about that. I want to know what the game is. Like, is it a prequel? Is it a sequel? Who's in the game? You know, what's the structure? There's like? uh, there's a lot of articles breaking down the the people that are that have the silhouettes. Uh, they are, but uh, I don't think they're quite credible just yet. I, I think people spent too much time this week writing articles about shit they have no fucking clue about. <laughs> well, that's, I agree. That's all they write about, isn't it? Yeah, like that's what speculation articles is what what sells. That's, that's game journalism. So there was less than five minutes of video footage of the two things we saw this week, and there were probably a thousand articles about those five minutes. Yeah, most True. of them yep. not even factual. So. Uh, Adam says, best part of the Nintendo announcement, they finally made a good name for their device. I agree. Yeah, I think that when the whole trailer was playing and they kept kind of uh, snapping back into the thing where the thing switches on and makes that little clicking noise. Very catchy. Yep. That clicking yeah, noise. I like that yeah. a lot. That very, cl- very good editing. That clicking yeah, very noise. satisfying. Yeah, it's very satisfying. Like, you hear it and you're like, I want to do that. I want to make that noise. Make the little click. Yeah, click, click. 
Uh, Blue Apple Blue tweets. There's a billion of them. Let's get started. Uh, when Pokemon Go came out, Nintendo investors went crazy, and their stock reached record levels. Even when the, when in didn't do anything. Uh, now, when Switch was announced, it caused the stock to fall record levels. Is Nintendo hurting investors by not moving to mobile? Mm. Uh, what can the shareholders do to save Nintendo and save their money? Should they kick old people like kick old people out like Miyamoto? Uh, <laughs> no. the, uh, the stock did did fall, but it did not fall record uh, numbers. It did, it did fall slightly, but uh, it did not fall like you know, like it did not nosedive to the oblivion or anything like that. So it's nothing. It's not too alarming yet, but it does shows a vote of non confidence from some of the investors and shareholders. And um, the reason for that, I think it, ha- it has to do with more of the idea itself and the presentation and the fact that we don't have all the facts out yet, right? So we have a lot of what-ifs. And because of that, like we don't know the specs of the, the hardware, like what it's going to do, the, the launch yeah. titles or anything like that. And the fact that it's, it's coming out in less than half a year and we don't know any of these things till next year, you know, which is still two months away. Yeah. So I feel like people are worried because of that. And because of that, this, the suck part, uh, prices went down slightly, but it's not like the end, though. I don't think they need to make any changes or anything like that. Just announce a Pokemon at launch. We're good. Yeah. Uh, he says, what legal action can they take since Miyamoto and the oldest people don't have Nintendo's best interest? Oh, come on. <laughs> Where... See, the, I understand what he's implying, but where is he getting this particular idea, though? I don't know. Yeah, I don't you get gotta, it. You're making some wild accusations against one of the, the greatest like fathers of gaming in history. And if you're going to do that, you need to kind of put up some facts, buddy. <laughs> I just picture somebody like like officially like holding Miyamoto by like his collar and his, and his belt loop and just booting him out the door. <laughs> And he uh, just I'm, sits on the corner with that big sad face and shrugs his shoulders. I'm sure Mr. Miyamoto wouldn't have a hard time finding another job if he's so You serious. think? Yeah, you think? <laughs> you think Sony and Microsoft wouldn't be on the phone 30 seconds before he got kicked out? No, I, I believe they uh, picked up Kojima, right? Uh, that fast? Imagine how fast Sony's going to pick up fucking Miyamoto. Oh, God, yeah. It's going to be instantaneous. Even Phil Spencer would be on the phone like, yo, yo, I got a blank check. We're Microsoft. What do you want? <laughs> you have yeah. all the things. Take them. Yeah. Take them. Uh, he continued on. Uh, have you thought about investing in gaming companies? Are you shortening Nintendo stock? What do you do with all the ZTGT money? Stuff another mattress with $100 bills. <laughs> Motherfucker, <laughs> I couldn't fill a jar with pennies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh if oh, only. the reality is so right. sad. Ah, I've been doing broke. this for 20 years, man. I, I, I haven't made enough to even run the site. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> We're all broke, baby. We do it for the passion. Oh, we do it for you guys. God. I still love that some people think well, that we make money doing this. I'm like, you know, when, when I ran ads, I didn't even make enough to pay for the hosting. And I got rid of those two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck ads, man. Who cares about ads? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't do ads anymore. I tried to run a t-shirt ad a couple weeks ago because I thought they had cool t-shirts, and it was just terrible, so I threw it away. Like advertisement's just bad news. That's it, that's why you have all those people on YouTube throwing a fit because people mess with their ads. Those ads ain't run by you. 
They're run by people who make more money than you that want to make more money than you. But they already make more money than you. Why would they want to make more money than you? Because. Because they, they always want to make more. They want to make more money. More money. Yes, monies. All right. So uh, since you talked about crazy conspiracy theories, what about the not-so-crazy? I saw two government theories floating around. It claims that there is a public-facing law abiding incompetent government and the shadow government. The shadow government get results, but sometimes they may break some rules. To make an omelet, you sometimes need to break a few eggs. God, this continues up. For example, to find and destroy sleeper cells, it's impractical to look for each one. The smart move is to use a lure honeypot to group them. God, this tweet goes on forever. To group them in a single yeah. location <laughs> so that you can destroy them. In gaming turn terms, as I said, turds, uh, if you're facing a trash mob of hiding cockroaches, you have Drew the tank, drop a lure, aggro the trash, so you're the tank, Drew, and pull them right. to a single location. Then, God, this is thought out. Then have them lay CC. Then have Ken the DPS use his AOE and destroy them in a single hit. Now put Obama in a tank position and Hillary in DPS, the cockroaches and ISIS, and the lure with Mosul. Trump revealed the president created ISIS, which sounds like a bad thing. But when you know that by the time you read this, the tweet, they are all dead. Same with the claim of installing dictators in third world countries. Democracy does not work in all nations, and sometimes... You need a strong leader to rule them. Did anybody, you know, did anybody follow any of that? No, you know, you know that no. exercise that the teacher tells you in writing class? Just put your pen to the paper, just start writing, and don't stop. <laughs> Stream of <laughs> consciousness. Think, just start writing and don't stop. And that's what I believe is the exercise that Blue Apple just did there. Because okay. there's, there's um, no real rhyme and reason to that at all. Just words that kept continuing for a while. But it was mildly interesting. Thank you. Mm, I, I've I've read stuff that's just like what he just tweeted. You also read so, about somebody like, blowing up the moon for Satan, but yeah. I mean, if you're I mean, gonna blow up the moon, blow it up for Satan. It, Who are you gonna yeah. do it for? You gotta do it for Satan, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, this was a little more lighthearted. This comes from Adam. PSA. Do not Google search the Pokemon Diglet with safe search off. It will ruin you. I would imagine. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, to, <sighs> to follow the last tweet, I was looking for this new version of the Pokemon. Uh, they gave it a wig. It wears it better than Trump. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, Mookie says, man, that Mafia 3 hidden ending. What a damn shocker. have not seen it. I'll have to Google it eventually, because I'm not going to beat that game. Uh, <laughs> Fixer sent us a picture. He said, in regards to last week's show, it's a picture of the universe with a flat Earth. Yeah. <laughs> cool. God damn it! I'm trying to undo the damage that my friend has done to the public, and you're trying to perpetuate it, man. Stop okay, it. so Blue Apple Blue tweeted so much that TweetDeck actually cut it off and said, show more, you have to click here. That's new. Yeah, I've never seen that before. Holy God, I don't even know where to go. Uh, you got you got to cherry pick them because we can't read them all, man. Yeah, let me let me go down through. I I can't even cherry pick them. There's so many. 
Like, I don't even know where I left off. Okay, supercell, blah, 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 blah. Uh, okay. The Nintendo Switch Promise console experience in your hand. Is it the Vita Killer? Are Nintendo aiming for Sony jugular? Will games will gamers throw their Vita and Vita TV and replace them with the NS? Will gamers group to play local Wi-Fi God Eater on NS instead of Vita? Basically, he's saying, "Will the will the NS replace the Vita?" Which God, I hope not. I hope it sells more than that. I'm pretty sure the Vita <laughs> killed the Vita. <laughs> yeah. How, how can you kill that which has no life? Is what I would say about the Vita. <laughs> oh, there's Vita, that. Vita means life. Um, but the thing about it is that, like, yeah, Vita still is hanging on by a thread because of the weird. Like JRPGs and random exclusives that it gets, and the fact that it can play like PS1 games and stuff like that, it's just a really nice portable device. But they're not making any more AAA games for that device at all. It's going to nope. be ports of games that already exist, like World of Final Fantasy, that you get to play on the go, which is neat. But no, it's not competing with that. But it is competing with the 3DS, which is huge, because <laughs> it's cannibalizing its own sales. And that's what we were talking about earlier. Alright, uh, just just a heads up, Blue Apple Blue, we like reading your tweets because they're interesting, but, but maybe like spread them out, because I can't... Yeah, maybe I can't, don't send us a million. I can't read all these this week. Um, I'll give you one more, he says, um, organized crime from different countries have different names. From Italy, it's called the Mafia. From Japan, it's called the Yakuza. From China, called the Triad. What about England and Ireland? Were you a member? Are you missing a finger? Have a tattoo or piercing? I think they're called Manchester United fans. Is what it's called in England. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. Oh my god. Yeah, there's probably thirty more tweets on here. I just can't do all these. I've got to get to other people's tweets. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. But thanks. Thanks for writing in. Yeah, send us more every week, but try to keep them to like two or three max. Uh, Shogun says, holy crap, Red Dead, Nintendo Switch, Battlefield 1, old-ass Logan, Guardians of the Galaxy, anyone want to donate to the broke-ass gamer fund? Oh. <laughs> I hey, I started Logan. that fund, It looked cool. It did. I love that song by Johnny Cash, dude. Yeah. yeah. Yep. What an incredible cover. What a great trailer. It's yeah. a good time to be a geek. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, Chandler. Wants to know, can I have a skin addiction? I accidentally spent accidentally spent fifty bucks for Halloween Overwatch skins. I'm relapsing from DOA. Help me! <laughs> don't do it, man. Don't put down that credit card. Don't put ask. Don't ask me for help. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not the one to help you. I've played nothing but Overwatch, trying to get skins. Yeah, but you didn't buy any packs. No, you? no, but still, I I have bought loot boxes in the past. I've, I've never bought loot boxes. Never will. I bought them just to see how it worked. I like bought okay. like what it was at the two pack or whatever. Yeah. I was curious how it worked. Uh, but yeah, I feel you, man. You just <sighs> you have more money than time. I totally get it. Yeah, some people it doesn't doesn't matter. The fifty dollars is just gone to the wind. It doesn't mean anything. And that brief moment when they're opening up the boxes and they're entertained, that's enough for them. But for me, like I have to like ration out my money and I have to think about like, you know, actual am I gonna buy groceries with this money or am I gonna <laughs> buy imaginary items with this money? And I like food. I like I like to live. 
that's pretty important to me, so I'm gonna choose the food every time. So yeah, it's overrated. That's, 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 yeah, that's 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 where I'm at. I used to I used to work in a game store, and this is like literally a conversation a woman had with me in the store one day. She was like, "Should I buy the Xbox Media Remote or should I pay my phone bill?" I'm like, "You know what? <laughs> I can't answer this question for you. You need to go." Hey, lady, no one's calling you anyway. Just go ahead and buy it. <laughs> Nobody gonna call you anyway. <laughs> Yep. Uh, Shogun says, all of my friends complain about this generation saying there are no games. I've bought five in the last two months. Who's saying there's no games? I want to meet the person who says there's no games because I want to slap him right in the face. See, my problem is there's so many games that I have no idea what I want to play. Yeah, my that's, problem that's is there's issue. so many games I have no time to play. To play. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's a real problem. I can't, I can't play all these games, man. I probably have like fifty backlog games. Fifty? That's light. I know. That's nothing. Yeah. Uh, he says so many games, so little time, and next year looks even better. Guess I should start a back page ad for extra income. Um. Well, the the more time you spend making money, the less time you're gonna have playing those games you bought. So yeah. choose wisely. That's the that's the catch, isn't it? Uh, finally, he says, it feels strange that I'm excited about a, Nintendo, a new Nintendo console. What year is it again? Battery life and price is my main concern. Those seem to be big concerns for everybody. Yeah. It is. It is. Uh, Mookie says, I lost count on how many times I cracked myself up from playing Shadow Warrior 2. The Sound of Music song was the shit. That's, That's a, a funny game, man. It is Gen- a funny Genuinely game. funny game. All right, some tweets from Dustin. He says, Nintendo Switch, bitches. That's a good tagline. Uh, finally, I don't need another mobile system to play games. I'll miss on home console. Uh, Nintendo is such a tease with that new Mario character and cart and new costumes in Splatoon. I think they're sequels or updated ports. We already touched on that. Definitely feel like Splatoon is an update and Mario Kart may be a sequel. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Mario game's got to be new because there's no other game that looks like that, though. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John's not here to defend himself, but he says, John was wrong a couple of weeks ago. Fat Princess Fistful of Cake is a free PSP Match 3 puzzle game, not the original on PS3. Uh, speaking of John, is he still a bandwagon fan? If so, is it the Vikings, Cowboys, or Eagles this year? Um. <laughs> 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 uh, no Man's Sky should have been a launch VR title. That would have been sweet. Uh, every person I've showed VR to wants it now. Just hope they keep releasing quality games. Mm. VR, you know, we don't talk about it too much, but the VR actually has a strong launch lineup. It does. The actual original games that you can play. There, None of those are like ports of shit that you can already play, like, you know... Uh, well, some of them, I guess, to some degree, because you can, you know, have the like the kitchen demo and Final Fantasy VII demo and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm not Final Fantasy VII, no, I'm Resident Evil Seven demo. But like Riggs, E Valkyrie, uh, Until Dawn, the the racing game, Batman VR, those are all original games, and they're all pretty compelling. Yeah. So yeah, I ho- I really hope they keep going. Sony has clearly spent a lot of money in it. So yeah, let's go. I was gonna ask, show. how is the the Batman VR game? Uh, I wouldn't know. I, I've heard nothing but, nothing but good things, is what I'll tell you. I haven't played it personally. Uh, yeah, I've heard it's good, but it's also 45 minutes long. So mm. there's like, that. Yeah, it's like an hour long. Yep. But it, it has some replayability from what I've been told. But yep. I, I can't afford $500 to tell you how I feel about it. <laughs> I gotta save up for that Switch, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, he says, member Goonies. Mm-hmm. In case you haven't Yo, seen member. South Park lately. Member. Member. Yeah. There's, uh, speaking of, uh, speaking of Goonies, I'm surprised this reminded me, but, um, I, I forgot when I was doing my, uh, fondling, I did play, um, Lego Dimensions, the new Adventure Time, uh, pack for Lego Dimensions, because the new season's out. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, and it's got, it's got, like, the multiplayer modes or whatever. Uh, which are okay. I mean, they're not great, but my son's just excited for Teen Titans Go and Sonic, and um, he was excited for Adventure Time. And um, yeah, he likes Adventure Time. He doesn't really. He, I don't think he's ever watched the show, but he just mm-hmm. thinks the characters are funny. Ah, uh, okay. That's because that's more of a little bit older. I think. Yeah. For the generation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, but yeah, the multiplayer is actually it's pretty neat. There's. Um, you know, capture the flag, and then, but there's also um, where you got to blow the other person's base up, and a couple other things. So, cool, it's pretty neat. Okay. And all of the packs come with a battle level or whatever. Smart that they made seasons and not new games. Yep, agreed. Uh, Dustin says, "I wonder how comfortable the Switch." Uh, we didn't even talk about this, but the the controllers for the for the Switch are called Joy Cons. Joy-Con. <laughs> uh, he says, I wonder how comfortable the Switch's Joy-Cons are and how durable they are. Uh, look kind of crampy to me. Um, that's what I thought about the Wiimotes when I first saw them, but they're pretty comfortable to hold. Um, so I imagine Nintendo has done thorough testing on this. Yeah. Uh, like, GameCube controller looks like an abortion, but it actually that's the is best. Actually pretty... That's it's the... like it's pretty... Really comfortable to hold and use. My favorite so. controller of all time. Yeah, it feels exactly. great in your hand. It feels but, so good. But look at it. It looks like a fucking abomination, doesn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. It works. It works really well. So uh, He says, I don't think my Switch will leave that dock very much, and I'm fine with that. You and me both, brother. Yeah, probably. Uh, thanks for keeping us updated on VR. He says, Until Dawn is a great VR game. Good price point. Fun on-rail shooter. Makes you feel like you're on a real coaster and good jump scares. Yeah, that's one, that's one. I love those uh, on rail shooters. I, I played the ones on the the PS3 with the Moo controller, like the Resident Evil games, and uh, what is that? The House of the Dead one. Those are all really fun games to play. So playing that in VR sounds like a uh, just just right. Yeah. Yep. All right, we'll finish this out with Creed's tweets. He says, "How about that switch? Shut up and take my money." <laughs> he seems excited. Nice. Uh, he says, if I do take mine off the dock, I'll bring the Switch Pro controller along. Uh, what do you think of the rumors of the Beyond Good and Evil being exclusive to the Nintendo Switch? Mm. Didn't hear those rumors. But. Yeah, that's kind of been the rumor before it was officially announced, and I don't know how much... That's a that's a Ubisoft game, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not like they yeah. need the extra funding from Nintendo or anything to make the game. No, but yeah. they might need the extra funding to greenlight it. I, I guess. I mean, because let's be fair, nobody. I mean, it that would game. be so. I'm not not to crash anybody's hopes here, but it would it would be so Nintendo to invest money in getting exclusivity rights for a game whose original game did not sell. Yeah. That's true. Of all the games to get, I I get that in this community, that's kind of a, that game's kind of a sacred cow, but let's be real. It did not sell. And so investing money to make that, the sequel to that game exclusive seems a little silly. (laughs) Yep. He says also, how about the rumors of Eternal Darkness successor coming to the NS? (laughs) 
Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the developer no longer exists. Well, they tried. I don't even know who owns. Who, who, yeah, they tried multiple times on Kickstarter as well, yeah. and that failed miserably. Which Just, is a shame because I like that game. No, I like that game too. But Dennis Nyack needs to step away from everything. They do, yeah. <laughs> Uh, final tweet. Now they just need to announce a new Metroid this coming E3. But mm. but but a new Metroid already just came out this year, you guys. You know, don't don't really, don't really good don't really good it. game for Metroid fans. Don't do it. Don't worry about it. All right. Uh, that's all the tweets. Uh, sorry, Blue Apple Blue. There is a limit to what we have time to cover in a week. <laughs> But don't stop tweeting us because we like reading tweets. Uh, but if you do want to tweet at us, it's at N4G Podcast. If you want to shoot us an email, it's podcasts at ztgd.com. You can also follow all of us on Twitter. Jay is at Baduside J. Drew, who has become the quiet Jason this episode, is at DMO. Yeah, sure. right? <laughs> <laughs> Drew, what have you been playing this whole time? You're playing something, right? Nothing. Really? You're just sitting there with your just like. Playing with your thumbs. Okay, I'm playing Guild Wars. That's what I thought. That's what I thought, you bastard. Stop playing MMOs <laughs> while you're on the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> That's good for it today. Like, he'll ask us a question tomorrow in the email thread about something we specifically talked yeah, about right here. Yes, you will. You're completely zoned out. <laughs> I've been uh, listening. Yeah, okay, Drew. <laughs> listening uh, for his name. Jason is at Gambus Con and Ryan is at R Wombold. You can follow me on the site at ZTGD. Uh, Eternal Darkness, Phoenix Down, kicking on right now. Don't know when we're going to record our next episode. But, well, well, you got two up. So, how many more do you need? Two. Oh, we need one more. One more. To be honest with you. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully it'll be up sometime. Everybody's busy. Like you're you're the people you chose to host this episode. One's going to what Europe, and the other one's going to the World Series. So you know whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that's it. Um, awesome, awesome announcements this week. Can't yeah, wait. Really. And not to yeah. mention, there's a fuck ton of games coming out this week. Such Indeed. a good time. Such a good time. So if there's nothing else, Gambus, do your thing. We can get on out of here. You know, Alrighty, and it goes something like this.